Huh? What's that noise? me off? Well, you're not going to get my fish that easy, you big monster! Hold on! I'm not a monster, kid! I'm a human being, just like you are! You are? Uh, uh, really? Yes. Uh, uh, of course I am. <sighs> you can see that for yourself. Can't you? Look, I won't bite. Uh, stay back. A human, you say? That's right. Want to see my certificate of authenticity? No, thanks. Uh. How long is this going to take? Will you hush up? Well, you look human enough, but you're different. You're thin and scrawny. I'm a girl, silly. That's why. A girl? Oh, so that's what you are. Oh, my gosh. Are you saying you've never seen a girl before? Nope. Besides my grandpa, you're the only human being that I've ever seen. Uh? But Grandpa told me about girls. He told me that if I ever ran into a girl, that I should be as polite as I possibly could. I see. Well, what a nice thing to say. Your grandpa sounds like a very wise man, is he? Well, he was. He died a long time ago. Huh? Welcome back to the Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. I am your host, Donovan Morgan Grant. Uh, as usual, I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Jesse Garrett, and... You are listening to the third anniversary Next Dimension special. This celebrates the third year that Jesse and I have done this podcast, this podcast on Dragon Ball Z specifically. But we've had a lot of emails and feedback requesting uh, from our listeners that we would cover, you know, other aspects of the Dragon Ball universe, mainly the original Dragon Ball universe. So we finally, uh, you know, bowed down to fan demand, and because you demanded it. Jesse and I are finally going to review Dragon Ball Evolution. So, uh, with that uh, foreboding warning, uh, Jesse, how are you doing tonight? Well, a lot better since the credits rolled. <laughs> I'm sorry I had to do to you. But um, fear not, because we are not alone. For here to help us shoulder this heavy burden of watching a movie, uh, hey, who's that? It's our old friend, Mr. Daniel Yarbrough. Say hi, Daniel. Hi, Daniel. <laughs> how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. The last time you joined us, I believe it was uh, 2013, when we were talking about uh, movies 6, 7, 8, and 9, correct? How has life been going since then? Oh, good. I mean, I pretty much bug you guys in my email with what is going on around here. Not, nothing much but life. <laughs> That's true. You've been very uh, vocal in your opinions on the Boo Saga, which we love. Which we love. It's, I think it's caused some very interesting discussions. For tonight, I know that uh, I've kind of brought you in on this curse for Dragon Ball Evolution. Although, you and I were talking in the planning for this episode, and you said that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you said that you were interested in defending it. Is that correct? Uh, I don't know if defend's the right word, but uh, <laughs> I do have, like, a few nice things to say. I, I don't hate the movie as much as 
everyone else rightly does. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so now that people have been listening uh, about a minute into this podcast and know that there's no possible way they can turn it off, uh, we shall pretty much dive right, in, right into it. This being this us quote unquote celebrating our anniversary this way. Um, is there anything? Do we want mi- to say anything before jumping into this film? This film, Dragon Ball Evolution, came out in 2009, produced by Stephen Chow, not directed, directed by James Wong. Starring Justin Chatwin as Goku. <laughs> um, do we have anything to say about like you know our awareness of it? Because this, this is only five at, at the time of this recording, five years ago. So it really wasn't that long ago. Do we have any memories about uh, when it came out? Because I, I didn't watch it. I just I just saw it on commercials and stuff and decided nope. But uh, Jesse, Daniel, whoever wants to go first, do you have anything to say before we dive into it? I remember even as far back as high school hearing about a live action American Dragon Ball movie getting made. Mm-hmm. And I mean, of course, with anything that's as popular as it was, I think that's a general consensus is that, okay, you know, it gets legit when a live action American movie is made of it. You had a ton of video game movies, you you had a, a not as many anime or manga ad- adaptations, but you, you still kind of see that that treatment, you know, going from like, the 90s onward. And so it was kind of like a natural progression you, you, from what what I, you know, what the rumors heard and everybody talked about but the film we finally got i think was way different than what anybody expected because i know yeah when i was a kid when i was uh or even when i was you know older i had some friends who were really into dbz and they they were saying oh yeah they're gonna get they're gonna get uh what's his name uh jackie chun's gonna be roshi and uh jet lee's gonna be vegeta i'm like (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, those are the only two Asian actors ever. Like, yeah, Fern Troyer's going to play Krillin. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I forgot all that. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, complete fanboy casting, right? Like, hey, Krillin's short. Hey, Fern Troyer's short. Like, okay, that's that's really as far as you went. Excellent. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I think when it finally came out, it's kind of like, oh, yeah. It almost seemed like too late. And it was, I mean, at that point, I, I wasn't as aware of the fans, as I, you know, as I, as I am now, especially even as I was then. Oh yeah. But I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. This, not knowing Dragon Ball story, right. I was like, well, it still seemed a little off. <laughs> uh, what about you, Daniel? Well, uh, yeah, it's, uh, just to go off what uh, Jesse was saying there, that is kind of the the weird thing about it is because the rights Fox got the rights for the movie back in like 2002, right? Which was kind of the the end of where I think that was like towards the end of when they stopped airing the Boo Saga and basically when the fandom was dying down that's when they got the rights to make the movie and then you know it took till 2009 before they came out with the movie and it was it was weird because I remember when they announced getting the rights to the movie it's like oh they're gonna make a Dragon Ball Z movie live action yay and then there was nothing until about a year before it came out. Then suddenly it was just fast-tracked right into, you know, now we have a director writing, and it just was pushed really fast to coming out. And I think the results show in the film of that, that it, it just seems like it, it was really odd. I just remember that from... I do remember it being, like, a very quick, very quiet production. Like, there wasn't a whole lot of drumming up publicity for it or anticipation from you know friends i mean 
we look at some other big movies like we know the new batman movies coming out and it's like three years in advance you know we right. hear about casting it's like yeah this yeah it really was like hey it's getting made and then bam here's a trailer for it yeah and it uh and like i said it was kind of once the it was when the fandom was dead there you know there wasn't kai reruns or anything on tv so it it really just seemed really stupid of Fox trying to make money <laughs> off of it when there's no the the audience wasn't even around anymore to pay attention to a badly done version of Dragon Ball Z. Right, absolutely. I remember, um, like like we said before, it's 2009, only five years ago, and like you said, Daniel, like uh, I believe I remember the, the Dragon Ball Z on Toonami ending, uh, like around 2002 or 2003. And I, I think by the time, I mean, I would have to imagine that, like, GT had ended its run on Toonami when it was on the weekends, even then. And, like, Dragon Ball, in 2009, at least in America, Dragon Ball Z, it was kind of off the radar. You know, it, it, later on when Kai came back, it kind of kind of come back a bit. But, like, this has certainly passed its mark on, you know, like, in 2000, and, in the year 2000, 2001, DBZ was huge in America, and they totally missed that by nearly 10 years. So it's kind of it's kind of bizarre uh, that, yeah, like, it, it kind of went to my quote-unquote story i just remember like huh they're making a dragon ball z movie or a, a dragon ball movie and like i, I think at that time this this is not this is an interesting case because this is not an instance where like any of us were younger kids and we had false hype this is very much like you know wow that's not that's this is a terrible idea let's avoid this and that's kind of the history of a little or the legacy of this movie in terms of some but now we finally i've actually i've finally seen it so uh in fact for this podcast i had to watch it twice i've never seen it before and will I see it again? Uh, what do you think? <laughs> Any other thoughts before we jump into it? So, so I'm, I'm taking it I'm the only one who went to the theater to see this movie? <laughs> this played in the theaters? No. Yes, it did. <laughs> I think me and one other person were in the theater at the time. Yeah, I, I, I straight up I completely ignored it. So you saw it in the... How was the theater experience? Uh, well, it was a small uh, theater and it... I mean, it was fun seeing it on a big screen, but I mean, it, same as any other movie, there wasn't anything like that made it better <laughs> being on the theater. No, uh, uh, Daniel, did you see Battle of Gods in theater? No, I didn't get to see Battle of Gods oh, in man. theater. That 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 could have like cleansed your palate. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, the the, the theater experience in that one was, was terrific. Thank God that we. <laughs> we'll talk about it later on, but like like thank God that Dragon Ball. That was not, Dragon Ball Evolution is not the last time Dragon Ball Z was in, or Dragon Ball was in theaters. So, I will say that, uh, you know, you, how you said that the they missed the mark by almost ten years and the fandom was dead, and that's not always necessarily a, like a bad thing. You look at like the Transformers movies. Yeah. Okay. Those that revitalized the franchise essentially. Yeah. Because I know it carried on in circles, but that really brought it back to the forefront and brought back a wave of nostalgia for it. The difference is that they spent a lot of money marketing that movie and playing up that nostalgia and Fox just didn't do any of that with this it, they just kind of yeah rushed it out like I think that was the it's just it's uh, it's the approach to the material alone is just kind of like the polar opposite of what you'd even expect a studio to do to, to make a hit yeah I, I'll definitely get into this when, we, uh, when we're talking about later on but like the Fox's relationship in terms of getting this movie out and making money off of it is very kind of bizarre when you kind of investigate it a bit. But um, I, I, that's a little bit of preview into like the backstory later on. Um, 
<laughs> I think I think we've uh, stalled long enough. So, are you guys ready to get into this? I am. Yep. Okay. Uh, now this is a bit uh, different for me because I don't have the manga to kind of you know at least guide me through the sequence of events. I've seen this twice. I actually saw it again today. I wrote down notes to kind of help me out. But you guys, you two, feel free to just jump in with either you know helping me along with the plot or just snide sarcastic remarks if you feel need be. Uh, I will. I will try to make the recap not too long because this is an 85-minute movie, which isn't long, but you know, it's more than a 20-minute episode or a few pages of a manga volume. So, I'll uh, try to recap as best I can, and then afterwards we can get into our thoughts and get into the nitty-gritty of Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> I hope everyone enjoys this. Where is it? I know it's here. Are you Piccolo? Did you kill my grandfather? Listen, idiot. If I was a Piccolo, whatever that is, I wouldn't tell you. And if I did kill your grandfather, I would have shot you by now. Somebody stole my Prometheum Orb, and I'm here to get it back. What? You have it. <laughs> nice move, but I'm not going to miss again. My father found that Prometheum Orb 20 years ago, and you stole it from me last night. I'm not leaving here without it. I don't know what you're talking about. This is a Dragon Ball Sushinchu four-star ball. I promised my grandfather I would keep it safe, so I'm not letting anyone take it from me. Four stars. Prometheum Orb has five stars. Who's the idiot? Look at it. Oh, my God. I could have killed you. Oh, you weren't even close. I knew it. There are others. Seven to be exact. What do you want for this one? It's not for sale. Everybody's got a price. Not me. What happened to your Dragon Ball? Last night a thief broke into my father's company. The Capsule Corporation. Somebody hacked the vault, killed the guards, and stole the Dragon Ball. <laughs> I swore to my father I'd get it back. I followed the signal here, and that's when I ran into you. I'm sorry I fired on you. I thought you were a murdering thief. Just lucky you weren't a better shot. How'd you know I had the Dragon Ball? A little machine I invented. This can detect and locate the signature wavelengths emitted by the Dragon Balls. See? Well, you made a Dragon Ball energy locator. Cool. Dragon Ball energy. DBE. Catchy name. Well, so you must be a scientist. PhD in applied dynamics. With a minor in tactical weaponry. I'm close to a breakthrough. I can feel it. The key must be the other Dragon Balls. I have to have them all. What good's the Dragon Balls gonna do you? They're gonna make me famous. I'm gonna make them an unlimited source of energy. Good luck with that. I'm Goku. You know, maybe we could help each other see... I need to find a Master Roshi and Paozu. If you take me there, I'll help you find the Dragon Balls. I have the DBE. Why would I need you? Well, obviously somebody else is looking for them. And you? You might need backup. Well, my briefs. Okay, um... Break my paper right here. So... Uh, my first notice box, and we begin with the prologue talking about the evil reign of Piccolo, which 
when I first saw this, I was like, huh, that's surprisingly accurate. And he was how he was sealed by the Mafu Ba. Uh, okay, okay. So far, so good. And then they mentioned his disciple, the great and terrible Uzaru. Huh. So, uh, we're basically, basically into this movie like, in nine, about 90 seconds, giving this sort of like very big, vague backstory of the evil King Piccolo. Well, they don't call him King Piccolo. And then we cut to uh, <laughs> uh, Goku, played by Justin Chatwin, uh, with cartoon sweat on his face, as he's training with Grandpa Gohan. So, um, I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of it. They're fighting. Goku loses after falling off into a, or face-planting into a watermelon. And... Um, Gohan's telling him how he needs to, you know, use to use his energy to sense key and not follow people by their eyes and their senses and stuff. So uh, Goku starts whining, and <laughs> uh, the next few minutes, I just I'm just saying no <laughs> because he starts talking about how he wants Gohan to help him get girls, and no one at school likes him. <laughs> and <laughs> okay, I can do this. So, um, Gohan says, don't worry about that. Oh, by the way, today's your birthday, and here's your Dragon Ball. Uh, and he, uh, names the Dragon Ball, it's the, um, I want to get the actual name for it. The, uh, Sushinchu, which means four star, which is surprisingly accurate, because that's actually in the first volume of Dragon Ball. Anyway, so, um, he gives him the Dragon Ball and says, you know, there's six more in the world, and they're very rare. But he doesn't tell him, I don't think, I don't think at that point he tells him the backstory. So Goku's like, huh, that's interesting. And uh, goes off to <coughs> school. So Goku, the hero of Dragon Ball, is riding a bicycle uh, to uh, not Orange Star High School. I think it's called Unitech High School. When um, uh, I, his local bully basically runs over his bike as, as he's parking alongside the, the street. And um, uh, while Goku says, you, you rolled over my bike, you douche. The guy says, well, what are you going to do about it? And, you know, Goku promised not to fight. So, <laughs> God, this is horrible. Okay. So, so he, he uh, he's squeezing his fist, and, you know, he, like four veins pop out of Justin Chatwood's forehead, but he doesn't fight. And so, uh, this guy named Fuller says, oh, I thought so. He, he walks away. But at that point, we see um, Chi-Chi, as played by the real world's Jamie Chung. <laughs> Um, kind of say, kind of as everybody's walking by, we see her kind of like look at Goku all forlorn, and we quickly establish that there's some sort of like attraction between Goku and Chi Chi, for some reason. Um, at this point, I believe we see we're we're introduced to the villain Piccolo, as played by James Marsters, and his uh, right hand man or his hench winch, my, for some reason, uh, who looks like Evil Power Girl. Um, we see them, they're on the hunt for the Dragon Balls, and they, and they find this random uh, Japanese hut in the middle of the city. Because as we all know, Japan is a fourth world country. And um, they basically, basically like, like, like search out this Dragon Ball in this, this one uh, woman's hut. And um, that scene ends with Mai seemingly blowing her head off, which is surprisingly dark. Um, cut back to the school, and Goku's fantasizing about Chi-Chi licking fruit all over her body. For some reason, that's not even an exaggeration. <laughs> I cannot believe that happened. <laughs> uh, fun, fun anecdote, right? I so I uh, rented this movie from Google Play, and I had it streaming to my phone on my streaming from my phone to my TV. And if you pause it on your phone, it'll pop up with the actors in the scene, mm-hmm. like a little like a uh, second screen will tell you the actors, the movie you're watching, obviously, and then also the the theme that's playing from the soundtrack. 
really cool feature. I've never noticed this before, but I look down and I guess I, I did I didn't connect. I look down and the song playing is Fantasies of Chi Chi. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> And then I, yeah, of course then I look up and I was like, Oh, well yeah, she's licking an orange like I was like, Did did Toriyama write this song? Like <laughs> I don't know what to say about this. <laughs> God, like, this is actually like, like, like this is like a dead zone level of, uh, hallucination. Um, so at this point, uh, uh, Goku's British teacher—I don't know if he's—it almost is like in, in college, but like, he says, "Hey, what's answer the question? How did the universe begin, or something like something along those lines?" And Goku starts expositing. Well, my grandfather would say, you know, beware of the Namex for some reason, <laughs> even though they're peaceful people. And uh, everyone laughs at him, although Chi Chi looks bad. looks looks like she feels bad for him. So outside the class, uh, she's having Chi Chi's having yeah. Problems. That scene really messed me up. I was like, they're called Namekians, not Namics. Like <laughs> you're afraid of the planets. Like, Be- beware of these pe- peaceful people who, except for one or two, if you count Slug, have never hurt anyone. <laughs> well, well, just the fact that Goku is, is in his class giving an answer to a teacher about an eclipse is, yeah. Uh, my grandpa says aliens. So. Yeah, that's my answer. Is aliens, and he's rightly laughed at. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. To to defend defend Goku, I do think that he was like very sheltered as a youth. Oh like, yeah, I that's idea that just him and his grandpa are the only two people he ever hangs out. With. Well, you know, like 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 Fuller just won't be friends with him, and you know he can't get Chi Chi's attention, so he only has his grandfather to look after him. Uh, I okay, uh, so. Chi-Chi, you know, the little country hick we met in the early Dragon Ball with, like, the weird, you know, uh, uh, bikinis she was wearing. It's having trouble with her locker um, when um, Goku, you know, creeping on her from, like, the other side of the wall, kind of uses uh, his energy to blow up all the, all the locker doors, but quickly runs away because he's embarrassed. This was after his grandpa told him that he had to focus to be able to, um, be able to use, use his Kai or key. Yeah, which, which, which is, again, surprisingly accurate. <laughs> Although I would hope that was in this movie, so um, she notices him and runs off, saying, "Oh, your, your name's Goku, isn't it? Isn't that right? I'm like, am I getting that wrong? It sounds very weird." And um, he, did you do that? I say, "Oh yeah." Well, she says, "I, I, you know, I know about a bit about that too. You use your key. Just because my name's Chi-Chi doesn't mean I'm stupid." <laughs> and so there's a joke about her name, which is kind of funny. Then uh, she kind of throws out, "She okay." Chi-Chi tells Goku, "I'm having a party at my house tonight," and Goku says, "I'll be there." And um, that happens. That actually happens. So <laughs> I got, I got, I got to get past this, or I'm gonna have a heart attack. He um, says it before she finishes the sentence. Right, because because teenager Goku's thirsty. <laughs> like Krillin, who unfortunately, I guess, fortunately, is in this movie, which is, which is a complaint some fans have. Some fans have, but uh, we'll get into that a bit later. Um, I believe at this point we're back at uh. Goku and Gohan's house, and Gohan's making him some nasty food, which is kind of funny. And uh, we see Goku, you know, trying to gel out his hair, but, you know, him being Goku, it spikes out. And he's surreptitiously, as, as, as he's on his way over to Chi-Chi's place, somehow he knows where she lives, he just grabs the Dragon Ball, which is convenient for him, but inconvenient for Gohan, because at that mo- moment, Gohan is attacked by Mai, uh, and then basically Piccolo, who says he wants the Dragon Ball, and uses some of Freeze's powers to freeze him in place and then destroys the house. But this all happens as Goku's on his way to Chi-Chi's place. And he's confronted by some of Fuller's henchmen. 
No, I thought it happens after he leaves Chi-Chi's. Or, I mean, right before he leaves, because that's when, that's when he senses to leave. Uh, well, he gets in the fight before he talks to Chi-Chi, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but all the stuff happens with Gohan while he's at the party talking to her. Oh, whoops. Oh, sorry. I... <laughs> I hope I didn't. Ru- I hope I didn't ruin the suspense. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. Grandpa Gohan dies. Um, but yeah, Goku is confronted by uh, a gang of evil teenagers, and <laughs> although he promises, not- yeah, like, like pretty much like the anti Power Rangers because they're all kind of color coded and um, <laughs> well, co- complete with Asian the Asian guys like knowing martial arts. And um, although he promises not to actively fight them, he dodges them to the point where they kind of like Jackie Chan style run into each other and hit each other. And um, when the black guy <laughs> runs out and sees this, Goku's like, oh, I've been checking out your boys. They don't have much. He goes crazy and starts try- trying to kill him with some sort of crowbar and ends up destroying his car and himself in the process. And uh, Goku looks rather cool at this. So he and Chi-Chi talk, and she says, you're different. I like different. <laughs> and then there's a lot of like painfully awkward uh, pauses. But, um, yeah, <laughs> I kind of goofed. Yeah, while this is happening, Grandpa Gohan's being killed. So, uh, Goku consists that something's wrong, he runs away. And I would just say that the Dragon Ball is glowing at this point for some reason. Um, so he yeah, runs back. the movie, he keeps looking at the moon. That's like the motif. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, he runs back to home and, uh, sees that his, his entire house is destroyed and Gohan is dying. He's, and Gohan tells him, uh, some poem, I forget, I didn't write it down. Uh, about men's fate being bound and, you know, something like that. And he says, you know, believe in who you are and protect the Dragon Ball, and then he dies. So, uh, it's very quote-unquote sad. The next day, we see Goku kind of bury his grandfather a bit away from the house, kind of walks through, and um, he runs. He walks into one room and sees a treasure chest <laughs> as over a Final Fantasy game, opens it, and he gains the plus one Goku uh, uh, uniform, <laughs> which is which is accompanied by Gohan's crazy laughter. I don't know why. You kind of hear a ghost, a ghost laughing in the background. So he walks through, and they hear somebody walk through the house. So he's on his guard, and then a gun's pointed to his face, and there's a crazy girl played by Emmy Rossum saying, "Where is it? I want my Promethium Orb." So they get in a bit of a scuffle, and she says that uh, her Promethium Orb, which is the Dragon Ball, has five stars on it, and it was stolen from Capsule Corp. But Goku says, "Actually, genius, it has four stars on it." Uh, so she says, "Oh, I could have killed you." Oh. And um, her name is Bulma. Would you believe? Uh, played by Emmy Rossum with uh, brown hair, but uh, a streak of a couple of streaks of blue, which is kind of cool. And um, she explains that. Uh, the Dragon Ball that her father owned was stolen at Capsule Corp by a crazy woman with a jetpack. And we see this crazy flashback. So, Goku says, well, I'm going to find somebody named Master Roshi because uh, Don forgot to mention that my Grandpa Gohan told me to do that. And um, you might need a bodyguard since someone's trying, obviously trying to kill for these Dragon Balls. So, they agree to team up and she throws out a capsule which pops out a bit of a crazy motorcycle. And they try to find Master Roshi. I have to give her credit for being able to say... Hi, my name's Bulma Briefs with a straight face. She barely pulled that off. <laughs> barely, but Bulma Briefs. Uh, <laughs> I want to get into her when we get done with this. Um, so <laughs> they they're driving. Well, <laughs> they, they came, that came out wrong. <laughs> so they're they're into the city. We we don't know what city it is, although it really doesn't matter. And the city's kind of futuristic. There's sort of like this. Uh, this sort of like directory which is sort of a touch directory which is interesting and she can't find Roshi 
uh, Goku turns his head slightly to the left and finds this <laughs> this floating house <laughs> in, a pl in, in true platform gaming style. So they, they break into the house, essentially. And um, while they're kind of mucking about, Goku starts begins to knock over some things in, in their house, and we see Chow Yun-Fat wake up and attack him. <laughs> um, and they start getting into a bit, a bit of a martial arts scuffle, and we see that uh, this guy who... We will eventually find out is Roshi, uh, is very, very skilled, would you believe? So, um, at one point, Goku fires an energy blast at, <laughs> at Bulma, and, um, Roshi says, oh, okay, whoops, it kind of calms things down, and he introduces himself as Roshi the Invincible, hooray! Goku says, my parents, oh, not my parents, my grandfather's dead, oh, so, he, I believe at that point, Bulma finds the Dragon Ball, and Roshi begins to recite the prophecy that Gohan foretold about Piccolo and Uzaru destroying the world. So he essentially uh, agrees to uh, basically help them on their quest to gather the seven Dragon Balls and stop Piccolo. So they're they're traveling, and Roshi tells him to go to this one place so, so he can train Goku to become, become a better fighter. But this place is basically populated already by a bunch of martial artists, one of whom, one of whom happens to be Chi-Chi. Um... So she's, she's fighting, and she says she's training for the Tucson Tournament. Not the World's Martial Arts Tournament, not the Tenkaichi Budokai, but the Tucson Tournament, whatever. Um, so we see more awkward scenes of that, where Bulma picks up the energy of another Dragon Ball. So they're on the hunt again. And while they're, while they're driving their sort of capsule, capsule bike, they fall into a ditch, this, this gigantic hole. <laughs> it really is a video game. And they are set upon by... Yamcha?! Yamcha, who's 45 years old. <laughs> and blonde. And blonde. And has god-awful dialogue. <laughs> um, no, he has god-awful voice. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, makes him perfect for Yamcha. <laughs> I know. Oh, I can't wait to get into him. So, he, uh, Bulma starts to flirt with him and says, You know, oh, can you help us out? I'd really appreciate it. For a pretty thing like you, anything. <laughs> but um, he basically kind of rips him off and see, and re reveals that he is abandoned, which is surprisingly accurate. And he has a ladder to get him up, but you know he wants payment first. So they eventually spend the night there. Um, at this point, Roshi begins to tell them a prophecy of uh, gathering the seven Dragon Balls, and then Shenlong will appear and grant a wish. But you know, Piccolo and his disciple Uzaru—they keep on repeating that—will destroy the world for sure if they have all the seven Dragon Balls. And I believe at this point, we've seen interstitial scenes of Piccolo finding other Dragon Balls, and Mai says that, uh, and I quote, uh, Muten Roshi is now with Son Goku, huh? and I, I guess they, they know who those two characters are. So Piccolo says, alright, and he sits down in this BDSM chair, and blood's beginning to drain from his body, and you hear James Marshall go, Rawr! Mai says, your blood will give them life. And Piccolo says, yeah, I know. And we see these monsters basically forming these gigantic uh, clone tubes. The putty men. <laughs> Make my monster grow! Um, so, uh, At first I thought, these, I was like, are these going to be the Sabu men? That'd be awesome. The kind of like uh, Piccolo, like, like in Dragon Ball, Piccolo would like, you know, spit out eggs and they, they, he would kind of form henchmen that way. So there's kind of that idea, but a lot more over the top and bizarre. Um, although they're not named after, you know, musical instruments like drum or tambourine or cymbal, but never mind. <laughs> uh, that would be kind of funny. So, um, 
uh, back where our quote-unquote heroes are, Roshi says, enough of this, kind of just jumps out of the hole and tells Yamcha that he'll make them, he'll make him super rich if he helps them find the Dragon Ball. So, uh, Yamcha, who happens to have this gigantic, this big fuck-off drill, uh, begins drilling, because if the Dragon Ball radar, uh, or not, says that there's a Dragon Ball like about three miles from where they are, and they kind of have to dig through it. So, they end up in a volcano, <laughs> which is kind of random. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm assuming he has the drill because he dug the hole they're in. Okay. <laughs> How do you... You're, you're about, what, 20, maybe 30 feet in a hole. Right. Right through a wall and there's a volcano? Which was they can, they can, they can see and breathe easily in. My, if it's an underground volcano, you're not going to be able to breathe. <sighs> it, this is a video game. It's like, yeah, boom, next level. <laughs> um... At this point, I, I, I remember what happens, I just don't know what happens, because they're attacked by Piccolo's henchmen, and I can barely tell what's going on. Um, so, um, I know that, I think Boma and Yamcha run off, Roshi and uh, Goku fight these henchmen. At one point, Goku grabs one of their swords and callously chops them in half to form a ladder to the Dragon Ball, and just hops across like Mario, um, which happens. And... Um, at that, once he drives the Dragon Ball, uh, I don't think they say what star it is, he has visions of Uzaru destroying the world and tells Roshi, I saw Uzaru, he's going to kill you, and Bulma, and Yamcha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, and I was like, yes. <laughs> I know, <laughs> he said it so seriously. Um, the and guy I, you just met. I, I, I may have skipped over the fact that, um, for real, <laughs> that Mai showed up out of nowhere, I think when he was having that, that vision, and they get a bit, of a bit of a scuffle, although she's no match for Goku. And it's literally like one punch, and then she runs off. Which, which, which I kind of like. Like She punched him and nothing really happened. So she, she kind of derps off. Um, and um, I believe at this point we, we go back to the uh, Not World Martial Arts Tournament, where we see Chi-Chi is fighting, and she's actually fighting Mai. How, how did Mai get there? Um, so they're fighting, and Mai, perp- Mai cuts her with a, with a weapon, which should be disqualification, but I guess they don't see that. And then she purposely steps outside of bounds, so Chi-Chi's like, Hey! If you're not gonna fight, then why are you in the tournament? But she, Mai kind of like walks away evilly. Um, and then Goku shows up. So, I believe at this point, uh, we go to, Roshi decides to go to his uh, his mentor's temple and uh, seek advice on how to uh, create the containment wave, the containment uh, vessel for the Mafu Ba. And um, I, I believe at this point we see Master Ernie Hudson. <laughs> this is the best cameo in the movie. <laughs> Playing, quote, Seifu Norris. <laughs> is this a character in Dragon Ball? Hell no. <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> oh. I, I had no idea who this character was, and I had no idea Ernie Hudson was in this movie, and my enjoyment went up like tenfold as soon as I saw him. I was like, "Holy crap, Ernie Hudson's in this!" I think I heard that he was in this, but I totally forgot. Oh, I mean, he's not in it very much, but yeah, like, <laughs> wh- wh- who is this? Yeah, like, it's an embarrassing cameo. Where did this come from? <laughs> he has a master. Because so the whole movie, we're told he's the master, right? And Hudson's decked out. And these, you know, these prosthetic white eyebrows and stuff. And, I think and they a, gave him wrinkles to look older. And and, and, a, and a soul patch. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, great at, soul patch. At this point, and I might be getting these in, in wrong order, but at this point, uh, we have a bunch of shipping scenes. 
<laughs> Bulma says, I have a confession to make, Yamcha. I wanted the Dragon Balls to be uh, famous, and I want the Dragon Balls to be rich. Which is wrong, but uh, <laughs> we'll get into that. So, uh, that happens. They almost kiss, but they don't. And Bulma says she likes bad boys, which I do like. It's a nice line. Um, later on, we see uh, another... Well, I was about to say another shipping scene of Goku and Roshi, but that's not true. Because uh, they're doing yoga, <laughs> or, or uh, Tai Chi, and uh, Roshi says, The last move of the airbending techniques... <coughs> is the Kamehameha. I was like, oh, okay, Kamehameha. So he uh, does a bunch of Power Rangers moves and fires his smoke to light torches. Huh? So um, Chatwin tries for several times, and uh, Roshi says, you must light all these torches with the Kamehameha. See ya! So he walks off. So Goku's trying to do this for a while, and um, out of nowhere, Chi-Chi shows up. <laughs> uh, looking sexy, and says, "I'll tell you what. If you uh, every time you light open a, a a torch, take one step closer to me." And it's like, "What happens if I, you know, uh, complete this task? Then I just have to blow the torches out." Oh, <laughs> what's this rated again? So um, they they did some back and forth, and that, and that happens, and and they have a kiss, and then a, a fade into black. <laughs> so uh, we cut to outside that room where Bulma sees Chi-Chi leaving Goku's room, and Yamcha sees Chi-Chi leaving Bulma, uh, Goku's room, and they're both, like, elbowing each other, like, oh, I didn't know Goku had it in him. And then Chatwin comes behind him and starts brushing his teeth, like, oh, what are you guys doing up so late? So they realize that Chi-Chi sold the Dragon Balls, but, uh-oh, it's not Chi-Chi after all. It's really my uh, disguise as Chi-Chi? Um, I guess she has, like, yeah. Cap- Captain Ginyu blood or something? I, I, I truly don't understand. This makes no sense. <laughs> so, um, but and we know it's my because at some point, Chi Chi does show up and says, "Who the hell are you?" And they begin having, like, you know, sort of a uh, a, a, a battle. Um, and for some reason, a fire starts. Um, so Jamie Chung's fighting herself. Goku tries to help, and he ends up knocking out the real Chi Chi, um, which Mai tells him as she shoots him in the face with a laser, a laser gun, which like apparently nearly kills Goku. <laughs> so she she flies away. Um, Chi Chi's knocked out, and Goku's near death. Roshi uh, Roshi does the Kamehameha as a form of CPR. What the hell? <laughs> Kamehameha defibrillator. <laughs> uh, I'm biding my time on this. Um, so Goku comes back to life, but all the Dragon Balls are now in Piccolo's possession. And uh, Roshi says, "Well, for sure, he's going to be at Dragon Temple." What is that? So uh, they they fly off to chase him before he summons the dragon. Uh, at this point, we see uh, Piccolo and Mai uh, gather the Dragon Dragon Balls and a gigantic uh, uh, like like cavernous temple rises from the ground when has that ever happened before um so they're in a they're in a spaceship or a spaceship uh our heroes are in a, a ship roshi tries to fire an energy blast at piccolo but piccolo fires one back and the ship kind of just flies off roshi, roshi flies off um goku uh surreptitiously grabs his uh orange classic orange and blue gi and he now looks like goku kind of by dress, dressing in his uh, uh classic costume he confronts Piccolo and says, I will stop you and Ozaru. Piccolo's like, ha, stop Ozaru. <laughs> Kid, you are Ozaru! Whoa, what a twist. And at that, at that exact moment, he transforms into Ozaru. I guess it's because there's some, some nonsense about the, uh, the, uh, the, the eclipse and stuff, because that happens, and he says, no. 
and transforms it, and she transforms into a, a severely stunted and growth giant monkey. Yeah. Uh, okay. So at this point, <laughs> at this point, this happened, and like he transformed, and I'm like, okay, yeah, like the design is okay looking. But mm. He stops growing. Like he just stopped. And I was like, yeah, he's he's like now, ten feet. As they did to some trickery in the like all the little glimpses we see of him. Like I got the impression he was a, a giant monkey. Well, he was a monkey. In but... All the scenes. And all the scenes, like the little scene, the prologue with Piccolo and him, like his face was larger than Piccolo's in the prologue. So I was like, okay. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, and, and all the little images, like I, I just had it in my head. It, it just imagine it, it reminds me of somebody who's like wants to be taller, so they film like they film the camera low. <laughs> then you get this, like they pull they pull out the shot after he transforms, and it's like he's the same size, a little bigger. <sighs> I'm like, aww. <laughs> disappointment all around. Yeah, this is, this is a big heaping bowl of disappointment ice cream. <laughs> also, Rip, which, which, like, you know, he's not like you know King Kong size, but so that happens. So um, now I'm just like, I don't think that's Goku anymore. So he and Bulma, like you know, Hanna Barbera style, run away. Um, Roshi tries to perform the Mafu Ba on Piccolo in a hilarious scene, but Piccolo, like like in this series, uh, fires at the uh, at the little vase he has. It's not a rice cooker, and because the Mafu Ba fails, Roshi's like you know completely life depleted. And um, while that's happening, Boma and Yamcha are being chased by Ozaru, um, and uh, <laughs> Ozaru basically basically like, just like one shots not Yamcha as you do. Uh, and I believe at this point, uh, Roshi tries to stop him and saves Bulma, but, um, Ozaru chokes out Roshi, and Roshi says, believe in the Goku that you are, or some crap, and dies, um, but not before telling Bulma to keep the Dragon Ball safe. This causes Goku to come back to normal, not destroying the moon or cutting off his tail. He doesn't even have a a tail, I don't think, but he goes back to normal, and his clothes are fine, um, Piccolo was like, well, that's not supposed to happen. And Goku's like, rule number one, there are no rules. What? <laughs> so, you, missed um, the mo- you missed, like, the shining character moment. What shining character moment? There are no characters in this movie. <laughs> when Ozaru's going after going after Bulma and Yamcha. Yamcha. Oh, right, in, right, in, right. In a fit of bravery. <laughs> Take the Dragon Ball. I'll stall him. And at this point, I thought my dream was going to come true. I was like, yes. You're going to die. I'm gonna die. <laughs> I was like, if this movie can do one thing right, Yamcha will die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, but also, like, like, like the Cyberman pose. <laughs> yeah, like, I was probably like, bust through one of the walls. I'm like, yes. And then it cuts. I'm like, oh. He just kind of like, like, kind of like flicks his finger at him. He's, he's like, and he's unconscious, as opposed to dead, being dead. Uh, at this point, right, okay, so... It's Goku versus Piccolo. I believe at some point Mai starts chasing Bulma, and Bulma runs out of uh, plasma cannons. Uh, um, but Yamcha like shoots a woman in the back. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, and um, so so she's she's down. Uh, Goku and Piccolo have a some some modicum of a DBZ fight because they actually start throwing energy blasts at each other and are shoved up in the air. Through wire work, uh, and begin starts kind of punch each other out. So at, at some point, Piccolo's in the air, and Goku's on the ground. And um, throughout the entire movie, the punching, the fighting has been very touch and go. But we see Goku says, "I am Ozaru and Goku. I am two and one, or one and two. Uh-huh. 
and he starts to power up, and um, and I'm like, you know, okay, all right. He uses his arms and says, Kame, sweet, finally something resembling what we wanted to see. Piccolo starts powering up and starts to charging his energy. Catwin says, Kame, shoots out his arms, and then his body juts up into the air. <laughs> it like flies towards him, and an explosion happens, and then like. And uh, James Marsus is on the ground. I, I don't know what happened. Um, but I guess Piccolo's down for the count. He's dead, you see! Sure he is. So, um, so the day is saved. Uh, the Dragon Balls have not been used to destroy the planet. And um, although they have lost Roshi, sad. So, Bulma says, I wish it didn't have to be this way. But Goku says, wait a minute, we, we, we can use a wish. So he they gather the seven Dragon Balls. He says, Dragon! The test of the seven is now completed. <laughs> Fuck. Oh. What test? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and like he looks really serious in saying that. <laughs> um. So the Dragon Balls. This is kind of interesting. The Dragon Balls actually kind of like uh form into one big jet ball of light, and then a gigantic salamander flies around. Not a gigantic. Not that gigantic. For real. <laughs> Not the awesome Shenlong, but like kind of a, a junior Shenlong. He doesn't even talk. Yeah, <laughs> kinda... he doesn't talk. I was so disappointed. <laughs> he just shows up. Goku's like, hey, can you bring back Mutant Roshi? That'd be awesome. So uh, the dragon, I think, just kind of like spits on Roshi and, and flies away. And the Dragon Balls like, like scatter as, they, as they're supposed to. So um, Roshi wakes up and is like, I had a crazy dream. I was peaceful, content. But your grandpa Gohan kicked me out because there was much to do. And Goku, Goku lies and says, well, we couldn't, you know, go on living without you, Roshi. Um, but Yamcha says, hey, ladies, we have one problem. The Dragon Balls are scattered. I guess we gotta find them again. And then Bulma's like, here we go again. Actually, Goku says, I have one thing to, to finish before we do that again. So he goes back to uh, uh, Sifu Norris's house, um, where just Chi-Chi was just bitched when she was unconscious. And she's, she's, she's uh, practicing martial arts. Uh, they show up and um, passionately make out. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I'll never hit you again until the Android Saga. <laughs> um, and then she's, oh, it's okay. I'll let you hit me. Well, no, that was too fast. Well, there's only one way to settle that. And so, uh, in the last horrible scene, we see Goku dressed as Vegito. Did you guys catch that? Yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> that was I random. It's supposed to be like his old blue outfit, but yeah, I guess it is kind of Vegito. <laughs> the blue and the orange outfit, that, that really took me by surprise. Like, what the hell? <laughs> so, he and Chi-Chi fly, he and Chi-Chi fly off, and um, they're posed in the air in uncomfortable wire work, and um, before the full credits roll, we see some credits, uh, we see an after a mid-credits scene of a woman serving a non-conscious guy. He turns around, and Sacre Bleu, it's Piccolo! So, which is clearly sequel bait for, you know, the next movie, which will always happen. <laughs> Where Piccolo, I guess, is a good guy. The end! Do we recognize the woman at the end? Is, is she supposed to be somebody? I have no idea. I don't think so. I think that was just a really bad attempt to show that he's still alive. <laughs> uh... Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm trying. To, I'm trying not to explode. Okay. 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 Overall thoughts in two sentences. 
Fucking bullshit. Okay, no, yeah, yeah, hey, Daniel, you go, you go first, man. I, I would like to hear your thoughts, and then I'll hear Jesse's thoughts, and then I'll say mine. Gen- yeah, general, well, general overall thoughts. Yeah, just general overall thought. Uh, well, this is like my, uh, I don't know, like fifth time seeing this since it came out, so I've seen it a few times. Aww. And I, I, actually, I, I can honestly say I don't hate the movie because there is, it's a weird it's weird because there's all these little things in the movie, all the little shout-outs, all the little things that they actually get accurate that make me think that somebody making this movie, the writer, the director, one of the producers, somebody involved actually knew the series and wanted to make a good Dragon Ball movie. They were just beaten out by everybody else in charge who made this horrible thing. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, it's like, as a Dragon Ball adaptation, it's horrible. But as uh, <laughs> as just a movie, it's just mediocre. So it's just kind of there. There's little bits that I actually do enjoy about it that make me okay to watch it. But then there's a lot of crap. So it's just kind of bad. <laughs> That's all you can say about it. But... It, I can't bring up full hatred that you guys probably have for seeing this for the first time. Oh. This is the worst adaptation in Super Mario Brothers. Oh. Yeah, like that movie too, but that's <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a minute since I've seen that one. But that's that's probably the nostalgia kicking in. But yeah, I mean you have John Leguizamo as Luigi. <laughs> awesome. Uh, go ahead, Jesse. Okay, um, this is not a good movie. Mm-hmm. This movie entertained me yeah. purely on the. What what the hell am I seeing level? <laughs> as a, and, and like Daniel said, as a Dragon Ball adaptation, it's horrible. As a a normal film, it's mediocre at best. But I will echo what he says to an extent. There are things in this movie that are there like the some actors in here are talented actors in, just in general. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost sad because like some of the roles they were given, they they could have done good, you know, in another situation or. You get the idea that they may have tried to do good, but or do as much as they could with the role. But yeah, like he said, all the other crap just piled upon it and made it not good. Um, uh, I okay, okay, okay. This is the first time I've ever seen this movie all the way through. Um, this, uh, okay, uh, callers on the table. First and foremost, it's, it's just we're a Dragon Ball Z podcast. We gotta say, well, we, we gotta say, in fairness, this is really a dragon ball movie this truly it, it is i mean it, it's it's a loose it's a loose interpretation of the original saga the first like you know dragon ball saga where everybody meets each other and the king piccolo arc so it's a loose adaptation of those and as such it does this movie does reveal that somebody in the, in the movie at least was familiar with the, with the um, source material which was a pleasant surprise. There were a lot of times when I was watching this movie, where I was like, I was surprised what was accurate as opposed to what wasn't. Like in, in very in very obscure ways, like like calling the Dragon Ball Sunshishu, um, I'm probably pronouncing, excuse me, mispronouncing that. Um, referencing like Piccolo's back, King Piccolo's backstory generally is pretty pretty much the same. You know, uh, having Yamcha be a bandit. Uh, you know, some of, some of these things are like you know, I think that like. If they just want to make a, a crappy Dragon Ball Z movie, which they did, but like to, to like you know find out what where to go for the story, there was definitely some insight in that. 
I mean, calling a spade a spade. This this movie this movie is quite frankly appalling. <laughs> this this is a this is a this is a sick joke of a Dragon Ball movie. It it is. And it's funny because like I, I was listening to a few reviews. I was like Kazuchi's review, and I was it's like the greatest movie podcast ever podcast. And I think that people are. Uh, I think people, at least after time, are you know a bit easier on the movie than I would imagine. They say, "Well, you know, I've seen worse," and you know, it's not that bad of a movie. I, I disagree with you guys. I think this is a, is a terrible movie. I don't think this works as a, as a regular movie. But I will say, I had a fun time watching it, and I'm, I don't I don't mean that to be mean. Uh, well, maybe I do, but like, I, I I howled with laughter half the time, and the other time I was just like grabbing my head, saying, "I can't believe what I'm seeing." <laughs> Uh, on, on multiple levels, um, I do not hate this movie. I don't even like dislike this movie. Uh, it's a it's a it's a abominable film, but there's definitely an entertainment value, to, entertainment factor to be had in it. Probably because of it's because it is so wrong. Like you're just watching it, like no, no, <laughs> but you're laughing while you're doing that, and. There's it's it's a definitely definitely kind of a new age way to in, entertain yourself, um, but yeah. But general, generally speaking, this this movie this movie sucks. But I, it's not it doesn't suck so much that I wouldn't tell a Dragon Ball Z fan not to see it if if they're of a certain mindset. I think it's more enjoyable. I think Dragon Ball fans would get more out of it by how bad it is than an average person. Like, because as an average movie, this is this is something that if. If it was on cable, I would pass by it on, on a TV channel. You know, I, I wouldn't stop and watch this. Like, there's there's not a whole lot to even draw your attention. Like, it's a rushed movie. It's it's 88 minutes or so. Like, it's just there's there's not a whole lot of build up to the like. N- there's just nothing there. There's like not a lot of substance there at all. So yeah, I think I think if you're a Dragon Ball fan, you can compare and contrast and just laugh at yeah, like you said, how wrong it is. I think that can that's the only kind of enjoyment you can really get out of it. Yeah, so if you're looking for like you know an accurate uh, uh, adaptation of the uh, first Dragon Ball manga arc, you better not watch this. <laughs> um, I would like I would actually like to begin by saying what we thought was good about the movie, because that might that might be a fun uh, uh, pepper conversation and to get into like you know the long the long, like, you know, rolling list of things I have wrong with it. But uh, what, what, what do we think were positives of the movie? Uh, I think, uh, actually, uh, just kind of hit it on, but uh, the cast. I actually really do like the cast, like, in general. Everybody, the uh, some of them, they, w- you know, they would have been perfect for the roles if the roles had been written well. Like uh, Really? Okay. You know, Chow Young Fat as Roshi and uh, James was Marsters as right. Piccolo. Like, as just going by their previous work, you could tell they would have been good in those roles if those roles had been written better. And uh, 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 Chichi and Bulma, I think, are just are actually like highlights of the movie whenever I, whenever they're on. And as bad as he is, uh, <laughs> June Park is Yamcha there. It, I don't know. He just makes me laugh every time he's on. <laughs> I don't know if that's intentional or not, but he was shockingly accurate. <laughs> uh, um. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, what do we think about? Yeah, the cast is. A, I think it's a good place to start. Like the individual. Man, there's not really a, a big cast in this movie. 
Um, anybody? We, 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 I think the most person we talked about is Ernie Hudson. <laughs> so, what, what do you think about the cast? Fucking Hudson. <laughs> well, Winston. I would say that like, I, I, I disagree with you about Chichi. I don't really care for her. But I would say once Bulma start showing up, the cast, in my opinion, began to improve. Um, I kind of like like I'll start with her. I, I kind of like Bulma in this movie, sort of. I mean, I think that like. In this movie, as a character, she's kind of she's actually very unlikable. Um, which the, the original character in the manga has her has her unlikable moments, but when push comes to shove, she is a, you know a good person. This one seems to be an outright. And I, I, I use gender language in the first episode of, of Dragon of Next Dimension. Hey, it's the anniversary. I'm bringing it back. So so I I, I, I threw this I threw, I threw this nasty term out of her when I first described the character. But in this version, like the Emmy Ross character. I, she's she's a right bitch <laughs> in this in this movie, but I feel that like there was an aspect about her that I thought wasn't a million miles away from the classic Bulma, and I kind of found enjoyment from that. What do you guys think? I agree. I mean, she she like I, I forget what part it was. I was watching one part of the movie, and I was like, well, yeah, she's being a bitch like Bulma. Like, <laughs> like it did seem she. I mean, honestly, her and Yamcha both. The direction they took the characters were were kind of off, but it, the essence of what the character was 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 kind of there. Now, although I don't I don't recall Bulma ever being that gung ho and that like Lara Croft. Yeah, let's say Tomb Raider ish. <laughs> For some reason. Like, yeah, or that white, but you know. <laughs> oh, we'll we'll get into that. <laughs> Save that for later. <laughs> what about you, yeah. Daniel? Well, uh, yeah, and uh, just. Just the fact that she, uh, I know in interviews and stuff, uh, uh, the actress she's actually promoted the fact that she like or tried to convince the directors and stuff that they should give her the full-on blue hair of Bulma and was mm-hmm. shot down. Like I know that just endears her as an actress in playing the role that she she got it. She understood who she was playing and what the character was and everything. She's saying some really terrible. Uh, the, the, script is, the script in this movie is just is terrible. But but <laughs> she, she she has some particularly horrible lines like like that line Bulma briefs. For some reason, she whispers a lot of her lines like so. She's a dark character. I don't know. She kind of plays the character as kind of a dark and serious character. Like when, when we see that ridiculous flashback <laughs> where where my I'll get, I'll get into my like you know just jetpacks away and Bulma's just like like bang 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 bang. Like what am I watching? But. There's an, there's a quality to Emmy Rossum which I do enjoy. I don't I'm not seeing a lot of Shameless where she and Justin Chapman are apparently having sex, <laughs> or um I've not seen like the like the Phantom in the Opera movie she was in. I know she's a good actress, but like she was she was really acting the part that she was given. I think and I and I saw that I saw through that in the performance. So I, I ended up enjoying the take on Bulma that this movie had uh, personally. Um and you know she had the capsules um uh. She was from Capsule Corp, which is kind of cool. I mean, the, like the fact that she was literally from Capsule Corp, my father's company, was a that was that was surprisingly accurate. I thought I thought that like they wouldn't go that deep into her backstory, so that was yeah. Cool. I thought that her character generally was probably the most accurate on the whole. I think, uh, yeah, I, other I, than her blue hair. Yeah, I was. I remember when, when this movie came out, I was really annoyed at two things physically. Well, you know, uh, more okay, not more than two things, but like her not having blue hair. And Roshi not having a beard and not being bald really pissed yeah. me off. <laughs> like, when this movie came out, I was like, hell no, I'm not seeing this. But I kind of liked, if you're going to adapt to Dragon Ball, at least the fact that she had those those blue, stri- those blue stripes, which were legitimately like the exact same color as she is in the anime, 
that I, I kind of grew to like that. I wouldn't want to, you know, have that change for the. That'd be very bizarre in like revival of effort. She's looking like that, <laughs> but, but um um, I, I I did I did yeah like I, I'm repeating myself. I I did enjoy this version of Bulma, even even though she's she's drastically different initially or essentially. I mean, what about uh, what other characters did you or whatever the pros we have or any characters we liked? Uh, I I'll just go and say that I really liked I really liked James Marsters as an actor. Mm-hmm. And I think he has moments where you see him, yeah, he kind of wants to stretch his legs and, and get into the role, but they just don't provide him enough. No. You know, I mean, yeah. like, th- we get very little Piccolo in this movie. Yeah, he's barely he's barely in it. He, he looks like he can barely move in that suit, too, or whatever they have him in. Like, the muscle suit thing on him, just, it does not look like it's good for a fight scene. I think he could do good with a character. And, you know... He's he's shown to be alive at the end, and I could see that this actor portraying Piccolo's change from a bad guy to a good guy, mm-hmm. like well, just not in the context of this this film. And yeah, like the the suit did seem very very uh, cumbersome and painful. His whole spaceship like that came out of nowhere, like his ship he's touring the world, and that came out of nowhere. And the big plot <laughs> hole how he escaped. I, th- I think the ship the ship is supposed to be a shout out with the. Uh, Dragon Ball, because that's kind of how he first appears, is on, like, a big airship that uh, I think uh, Pilaf gives him, or he takes from him. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, that's, that, I think it's a capsule ship that Pilaf had, where, the one scene where mine and Pilaf were together, um, but I, it is kind of bizarre that, like, Jesse brings up two good points, A, where that ship come from, could be a capsule, but B, who the hell let Piccolo out? How did he escape? They never explained that. Well, they have a line where they said he escaped somehow, and I was like, okay, well, they'll, t- they'll touch the on it later. <laughs> later never came. <laughs> and then we get that, like, when we get that extremely brief description of, hey, it turns out Goku's Osaru. Here's a flashback for, like, ten seconds. Which brings up another, another plot hole. If Piccolo's been sealed for 2,000 years until now, why was Goku sent to Earth as Uzaru as 18 years ago? Yeah, how is he his minion if he was serving Piccolo? Or when Piccolo's been captured for so many years. Yeah, let alone the fact that, like, you know, it makes no sense that Piccolo and Zaro are buddies anyway, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> We're on characters now. Uh, uh, what um, what do you guys Roshi? think of uh, Chow Young's Fats uh, playing Roshi? He he was, um, I, I thought he was actually the most accurate in the, in the whole movie. He was, like, the character that, like, he... He came the closest to being a, a totally recognizable Roshi. I don't think he. I don't think there was anything about him except for you know aesthetics and physicality that wasn't Roshi. Like I mean, he was a good martial artist. He was very insightful, and he was. He, they they actually even included his uh, more puerile aspects of his uh, personality, which is really cool. Hmm. See, I I'm not familiar with Roshi from the original manga, so I don't know. If he progressed, well, obviously he progressed into being a more laughable side character from what I know him as. So he seemed to be like a lot less of the the goofy old man in this, which I don't think Chow Yun Fat could believably play and pull off because he has some scenes in it where it's almost like they're taking a couple of the cues from the from just the the style of anime and manga and trying to translate it like the overexpression or the, the like crazy laughter out of nowhere yeah <laughs> just don't translate well yeah I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you that particularly with like Yamcha of course <laughs> but other than that I, I really I mean I like Shao Yun Fat I think he's a good actor uh, he, and he was given that mentor role but it, it 
it's, to me it seemed more of a generic mentor as opposed to Roshi. Master, and, okay. and then yeah, also, like there didn't seem to be a, a lot of difference between Gohan and Roshi in this movie. Like, they kind of filled the same purpose. Yeah, just, just times on the screen when they were alive, I suppose. Uh, what about you, Daniel? Uh, I pretty much agree with the both get I mean I like I liked him in the role and I think he could have done it, again one of those ones he could have done better with it was a better script I think as an actor he could have done better playing Roshi but for what we get and what he does on screen it's enjoyable and I like you know so well a lot of the comedic bits of Roshi didn't translate well some of them did like you know the few times he try, he accidentally grabs a uh, Bulma and you know is told to stop and made me laugh I was I was surprised and, and pleased that they like not necessarily got away with that but like you know as, apparently this movie is rated PG like it, Jesse and I talked about it before like you know it's hard to do that kind of character straight how they do them in the manga and anime so that that was that those aspects I thought were like wow that that's Roshi you know she sees a bikini mag he has in his in his room, you know, he's he's wearing like in his first appearance, he's wearing like a, a shirt with like a, an anime girl on it. I think that to me went a long way to say that this is the same character. I, I, I see where Jesse's coming from because like he he is really goofy and or he's he's, he's tends to be shown only as goofy and DBZ, not all that serious. But like he was like he was a major character in Dragon Ball, and like you know he he fought in like the tournaments. He went up against Piccolo. So I saw a lot of there's a lot of serious sides of this character that that you don't that aren't displayed in DBZ. So having known that, I felt that he was fairly accurate and he wasn't silly all the time. Um, I thought that uh, it, it was just bizarre. I, guess, I think because Chaeyoung Fat's probably the biggest star in this movie, and you know you can't recognize him as Marsters and his makeup. They, they, that's why they probably didn't shave his head, give him sunglasses, and put a beard on him. But even still. You know, he had like the Hawaii shirt and stuff like that. So I, I, I really do think that he was like the closest uh, the character came to um, kind of just be coming from the coming from the source material. Like, he wasn't just like you know, I personally thought that he wasn't just old master. He was Master Roshi as much as he could be. Although there were a lot of scenes where like you know any character could have done that. Like you know, go to his old master and like oh I know believe and stuff like that. So he wasn't as goofy as he could have been. But I, I, I was actually pleasantly surprised with his uh, portrayal. Well, I think they played it more conservative, like, because yeah. if you play him goofy, that's you run the risk of, of a, a much worse presentation of the character going on. Okay, I'll give you that. Um, any other characters we liked? I liked the dynamic between Gohan and Goku. Like, the actual... They, they kind of seem like they have a rapport. Like, they, you know, you, you can kind of believe that they grew up, that he, he raised them. I thought the fight scene between them was horrible, but... The fly in the mouth for some reason, and like the like the big like weird face he has when there's, a, there's like energy blast in his face, which I guess is called the shadow green attack. And that like painted on goatee. <laughs> Eat dirt. Uh, Gohan, go. I, I thought Gohan was okay. He wasn't a million miles away from the character that I, I we kind of we barely see him in Dragon Ball. Grandpa Gohan really is sort of like he like you know Goku or. Batman's parents are dead, you know, Superman's parents are dead. We see Uncle Ben, and then he gets shot. He's kind of like that character where we don't see too much of him, um, generally, in Dragon Ball. So for that instance, I thought he was okay, but... He, and so I'll agree that, like, the relationship was decent. It, it, it didn't... It, it wasn't... But, you know, the idea that Justin Trapp was this guy's grand, grandson is kind of bizarre. Because there was an Asian baby that he found. 
Now, I did wonder what the difference was like between between the the original manga counterpart because I have no experience with Grandpa Gohan. I don't know. I don't think there. To me, there didn't seem to be too many differences there. Uh, like Donovan said, he's basically is just that you don't really see that. But of course, it's it's a different relationship because in you know the original manga. Grandpa Gohan dies when Goku is still like 10, 12 years old, somewhere in there, and this is a this is a older teenager, almost full grown adult relationship. So it's it's you know, and he's asking him how to get girls and stuff. But at the same time, you can kind of see I don't know, or at least to me, you can kind of see this being what Grandpa Gohan would be like, and kind of that weird kookiness and just. It fits with the character, or at least the idea of the character, that from what little we see, or had seen in the original. Right, like 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 when Dragon when Dragon Ball first starts, Goku's already living on his own, and he's keeping the Dragon Ball uh, uh, safe because that was his grandfather's last uh, thing. So of course Bulma shows up to steal it. <laughs> um, uh, so like, 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 we see Gra- we see Gohan a little bit later in Dragon Ball. Uh, I don't want to say too much, but. We we do so we see his personality and it's it, it, it just it, it's just a nice old guy. There's not too much differentiation about that. So you know for what it was, it was decent. Um, before we went to before we move into the betrayals, um, one thing I want to say is that like I do, I will say that like before we move on away from like you know the cast or the, at least the positives of the cast. Um, I I, I watch this movie really made me realize something in terms of like 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 terms of who was offended and who owes is, is owed an apology. I think more so than the fans, more so than even Akira Toriyama himself, and we'll get to him. Um, I do feel that like the biggest like the biggest like casualties and the hostages of this movie are the ca- is the cast because uh, going back to James Marsters, he actually is a, a fan of Dragon Ball, and I thought this was sort of like a rumor, but like, like I, this is confirmed a, a couple times over. He is legitimately a DBZ fan, and he took this role as Piccolo for his son. And I saw him talk about it at a convention where, like, he went into it thinking that, like, this film had, like, you know, this $120 budget. And Stephen Chow, who produces this film, Stephen Chow, who directed uh, Shaolin Soccer and Kung Fu Hustle. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen either of those movies. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like, how kind of, like, goofy and, and like, you know, martial arts martial artsy they can be, which Stephen Chow, Dragon Ball, seems like a, a match made in heaven. So he went and think that Stephen Chow was going to direct this. Turns out... Stephen Chow was only going to produce it. No one knows who was going to direct it, and the budget was slashed from 120 million dollars to 30 million dollars, <laughs> which was a big blow to the actors. In fact, apparently, much of this film—this is true—much of this film was 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 filmed in a Mexican abandoned jeans factory. <laughs> wow. Jeez. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. I, I, I read that. I was like, oh, there's no way this is true, and it's true. Um, but yeah, Marsters like because like, he because he said that like you know he felt uncomfortable. He had a hard time breathing in in the in the makeup and stuff. He kind of like hurt one of his bones doing the stunts because they, they they couldn't even afford a stunt man for him. But he said he he said he would suffer through all of it as long as his kid liked it. And of course the movie bombed and, and he knew that this the, the stuff sucked. But he felt that like because uh, he because the idea of this was if this was successful they would do a trilogy. And they would legitimately go into, you know, Piccolo becoming good and them fighting Vegeta in the next movie. Which I think, I think was common knowledge at the time this movie came out. That the idea was a series of movies which 
Hell no. But um, I I feel bad for Marcius because I think he was the one that went into this film with the best of the best of intentions, and um, as a result, he was. I mean, his 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 career wasn't ruined, but he was humiliated. <laughs> so uh, I just wanted to uh, remark upon that, and I, I felt yeah. bad for the guy. And he's a, I mean, he's a, you know, a B actor, quote unquote. But he's he's a talented actor, and he still gets work. And he's been in tons of good stuff. I actually got to meet him at Dragon Con, and he was like a really nice guy. And he was signing like a few people had some Dragon Ball merchandise. Oh wow! There, not Dragon Ball Evolution merchandise, but just like uh, one of those mug, uh, mini mug figures of Piccolo. Oh sweet! I yeah, thought, I, was, I, was like, I, I thought that's pretty cool. Like. I think his uh, earnestness kind of endears itself to to the fans because, yeah, like you were saying, he does seem to be putting in as much as he can, you know, given the circumstances. Right. Uh. Yeah. 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 This. Because really, he. I think that like out of all the characters, he has these in that makeup, and you can't really recognize them. And he doesn't have many scenes. I think he embarrasses himself the least, but you know, just being associated with this this movie. But um. Now I heard a rumor that that they didn't film Piccolo green. That he was just he was just like I guess like a peachy flesh tone and in post-production they they i guess cg'd him into being green i think that's true as i remember like in the in the trailers he was like white and i do remember that the the movie came out he was he was more of a greenish i mean he's not as dark as the names are but like he's recognizably green so i think that's actually true now i don't know if that was like always the intent or from what i heard they they had just gotten so much backlash that they (laughs) basically went back through and did it like cg'd him green would you believe well, I mean, like, you know, it goes along with, like, Bulma's hair. Um, they were going to give Chatwin a wig, but they decided to kind of gel it out and kind of vaguely look at, like, Goku's hair, which I thought was a decent compromise. I mean, like, you know, half the time it doesn't look like anything like Goku's hair, but they're vague. There's some times where a silhouette can kind of vaguely resemble it, so I thought that was all right. Um, but, yeah, it, it was bizarre. I mean, like, uh, the product Fox, like, like I said before, Fox clearly wanted some of that Toonami money. And yeah. eight years, eight, eight or nine years after the fact, um, and you know James Marsters was a name because I've seen James. I've not seen any of the Buffy franchise or Angel, but I've seen obviously Smallville, where he was Brainiac, and he was in Torchwood, um, and, I, and I, I've obviously heard of him. So uh, you know he's a name. Chinon Fat's a legend in Hong Kong. Um, at this point, Justin Chatwin, I, I, I saw him in War of the Worlds. In fact, I, I remember actually, like, you know, when he was cast as Goku, the internet, I remember the first time I ever heard the term emo was said, the emo kid from War of the Worlds is Goku? Blah. So, that happened. And um, Oh, did he play the, the son? Yeah, he was he was Tom Cruise's son in 2005's uh, War of the Worlds. Huh, okay. Um, which I don't think a lot of people like. Uh, and obviously... <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, I've always seen it once. And um, originally, they were going to cast a... Uh, Chow, uh, Stephen Chow was going to cast um, an actress, a Chinese actress that he had worked with before to play Chi Chi, but hey, I guess Fox wanted a known name, so who better than a reality TV star? <laughs> let's get into the let's get into the other side of the cast. Um, oh, she's a reality TV star. She was from she was in the the only season of the, of the Real World or one of the two seasons of the Real World I've ever seen was Real World San Diego or San Francisco, and she uh, she was in there, and I believe she. Uh, Began, she was pretty popular and became an actress. Because I mean, she was, she was in Sin City too, which you can hear us discuss on Combo Film Review. Um, she was in um, the, that RZA movie, uh, the Legend, the Man with the Iron Fist. Oh, the Iron Fist. Yeah, she was in that. She was like one of like uh, Lucy Liu's uh, prostitutes. 
she's been in she's been in a bunch of a lot of movies and apparently she like like uh she's actually got garnered acclaim in her acting in some like you know serious films which which is nice i mean she's a she's a pretty girl i really didn't like her <laughs> on the real world but you know who is likable on that show but i mean I'm, i i could not freaking stand chi chi in this movie i couldn't stand goku in this movie but like, chi chi was was i thought was was pathetic and that's not really even her fault but the way they wrote her was abominable. Uh, See, I'll, I'll actually debate that because I actually liked her in this a lot. She, uh, oh, got you! Uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I just, I don't know. I just thought, I don't know, for some reason, it just, maybe because I'm an emotional softy, I just thought the as cheesy and cliched as the Goku-Chi-Chi relationship was, it worked for me. I liked it. I enjoyed their chemistry and the screen time together and I just I thought she was likable in this. I don't know what. Fair I enough. mean, she wasn't the greatest actress, but I thought she was likable in the part. It's just my opinion. <laughs> Get out. No, um, I'll defend. I don't. I don't. I think there's a, there's a lot of bad acting from these actors, but I'll defend the acting because I think that like most of they just did not know how to play these roles because the script is so god awful. I just there's something about like. She's not. First of all, I mean, like you know, Chi-Chi in the original series. Let's call it Space Space. She's not the the biggest character, you know. No. She appears in the beginning of Dragon Ball as a kid. Says, "Hey, Goku, when we meet, we're gonna get married." And Goku doesn't know what that means. She she um ter- participates in the World Martial Arts Tournament at the end of Dragon Ball. Fights Goku and is mad at him because he forgot to to marry her. And when he when he beats Piccolo, they fly off and get married. And then like Dragon Ball Z happens, and you guys you see her as like you know the horrifying uh, mama. So like there's not an expansive backstory to this character. I mean we never see the the gigantic Ox King. Although I do think that her house kind of looked like a castle, which is kind of interesting. Um, I just there's there's something so hollow about this this character in this role. I mean it's not Chi Chi in the slightest. It's the typical. High, I don't, I don't every see every high school cliche possible thrown in that beginning. Humanly possible. I, I I do not see any chemistry between the two characters. Like she just like I mean I, I find Goku very disturbing and how he was always like looking after her and stuff and she just like likes him because the plot demands it that that's that's supposed to happen. And I don't mind an expansion on the Goku and Chi Chi relationship because you know that's kind of fun to see when we were kind of see glimpses of it in the Cell arc, but. Like, it's just, when we, when we see her and Justin Chapman kind of walk and say, she says, oh, you're different, I like different, and they're very, like, clearly awkward around each other, I just cringe, oh, it's just, and then, like, uh, that scene with, with the torches, it was so bad, <laughs> like, every, I'm sorry, every scene she was in, except for maybe the fighting scene uh, with uh, her clone, like, I thought was hor- horrendous. <laughs> I, I truly. What did you think, Jesse? I, 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 I I'm, not, I'm being serious. Um, she was just there. She wasn't really identifiable as Chi-Chi. But then again, I, I only know Chi-Chi as you know the mother figure, the wife. So I was kind of going into it thinking, okay, well, you know, it's a clean slate for me, so to say. But, but yeah, I mean, she, just between all the, you know, all the, you know, the high school tropes they throw in there and cliches, it's like you could have filled this with any character. Like, there's nothing identifiable. And I don't think they gave the actress something to like really latch onto, other than oh, you're 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 the love interest. You can fight a little bit. Like that's really it. Like, right. And so yeah, I think she was largely interchangeable. And I don't think she had the worst chemistry with Justin Chatwin. Uh, it, uh, they're definitely, definitely not, you know, 
anywhere near like a, a good on-screen couple but i just don't i don't know how much of that was like you were saying you know the script and what they were given to do yeah that scene with the torches was just redonkulous <laughs> the kamahami smoke uh, and, and, and the orgasm metaphors, <laughs> like, am I the only one who caught that? Or everybody just said, have a dirty mind? Like, you're like, you blow oh, no, no. Oh. It, is, it is there. Oh, uh, what about, okay, uh, who shall we go to before we, before we dig into the turkey? Uh, do, have, we, have we talked enough about Yamcha, or, or do we want to get more into him? I have more to say about that guy. Uh, yeah, I do too. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Jesse. Uh, I don't know what direction he was given, but he played it as if he is an anime character who was dubbed. Yeah, right. Like, like his voice. See, I, was, I watched it the second time, like, like really paying attention. Like, is that the, the dude's voice? Because he's he's like June Park is, I believe, is Korean, and he was born in California. Like. Oh, okay, no, right. <laughs> like I think I think he, I think he was maybe raised over in Korea, but like he he can speak English, so like I'm thinking I was like, did they just really hire a Korean guy and just dub over him? I was like, is he just using like a really really overpronounced accent? And I was like, I think that's just the direction he decided to take it. Like I uh, I don't know what the hell is up with this guy. I mean, like I thought that the biggest problem I'd have is Yamcha. Yeah, like, you know, oh, he's abandoned. Okay, okay, you know, there's no Puar, but they dropped all the animals in this movie. You don't see any turtle, you don't see any oolong, but, like, that's, that's okay. So, like, that, that, was, that was an acceptable loss, but, like, when he opened his mouth, <laughs> I was like, oh, no! <laughs> it can't be, like, hey, like, I, 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 what do we say? You know, things aren't always the crap to be. I learned that from daytime TV. I mean, we, 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 we joke endlessly on this podcast about the suckitude of Yamcha, and, a lot of it, at least on my point, on my part, is a little facetious because I, I, I like the character generally, but I mean this 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 to me felt like they took the idea of the Yamcha meme and made that guy a character, where like the steam was roasting his butt and stuff like that, and like the fact that he didn't do anything in the movie besides shoot mine in the back. I guess, I guess he drilled into the, the the volcano, but he's just sitting around half the time doing nothing but have his mouth hang open. Uh, it was I thought that the character like for some reason the, the design sat right with me it, it, it was different but like I, I was like I can, I can I can call that guy Yamcha I don't know why but like it was th- there was something up with this guy in this, in this movie what say you did it's like yeah oh, go, ahead. Um, go ahead I was gonna say it's like he watched the dubbed anime and that's in all he watched for the for the it's it sounded like a cheesy Christopher Sabat impression impression yeah uh, yeah like pretty much uh, I, I agree, uh, but at the same time, I I liked him. I, I, I <laughs> it's like it, it's one of those ones, I guess, where it's so bad you like it or you know you laugh at it and can enjoy it even though because or because it's so bad. There's a lot of that, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> and, and like you said, uh, looking at him and and even the bad voice, like some for some weird reason, it does feel like Yamcha, not. Not in just you know oh because that character sucks, but for some reason it just fits with the especially like the early Dragon Ball kind of and you know version of the character. It just kind of weirdly fits for some reason you can't explain. Yeah, like, like the, the the character like you know was like kind of the initial villain who became a good guy character, and you know which there's none of that here, which is fine. But like um 
he like he, he would you know embarrass himself and there's a bit of that here but uh i was really surprised that he didn't fight like he never fought and i, I know there's like a video game adaptation of this of this movie which i'm sure no one bought i, I have to imagine he's a fighter in that but like he never he didn't fight anybody and maybe maybe they were worried that like you know everyone was going to be a martial artist but that's what bone was there for well to be fair there's not much there's fighting but not much fighting in this movie for what you would expect of Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z. Especially Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah. I really thought when the Piccolo's guys appeared that everybody was going to start fighting them. Like, okay, you know, you're going to have, you're going to get to see Yamcha fight and Bulma fight because Bulma fought more than Yamcha did. <laughs> no! <laughs> what the deuce? <laughs> like, like when, those, when those, like, like, those like freaks showed up, it was literally like, like, Zoinks, let's get out of here. And, and, and then at one point, like, like Goku says, get him, Roche. Which, the, the fuck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yamcha did get to drive the flying car, though. So, there's something. Yeah, that was just bizarre. Yeah, that, that, that was kind of cool. Which I like that they have flying cars that they don't explain. That was, that was fun. That was Dragon Ball. He's like, if I wanted to impress you, I'd just head over sc- scaring the crap out of you or something. Um... I mean, I'm I'm not mad about what how Yamcha was done. I'm like amused and confused. <laughs> Are you glad they didn't do Tien? Oh well, uh, they they would they would have murdered Tien. <laughs> he would have had hair and two eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Betrayal, Rama. Oh, well, that's the thing because like you know, as again as far as accuracy, like these except for Piccolo, obviously and. and these are pretty much all are the Dragon Ball characters. I mean, like they everyone that was introduced in Dragon Ball virtually are all here. Chi Chi Yamcha, like in our cover image on our Facebook page, the same characters on the on the image on the Dragon Ball image are like the same characters in this movie, which is impressive. Which I guess you, I guess you need to cast, but like um, yeah, there's no Krillin because Krillin shows up in the second arc of Dragon Ball, um, which I would have loved to see somebody play Krillin. Uh, there's no Tien. There's no and, I, and obviously no. There's no Saiyans. There's no Vegeta. There's no Frieza. Which yeah, which which makes sense. That, w- that would be ridiculous. But does Piccolo not show up in the first arc? Piccolo, no. He he like when Piccolo shows up in Dragon Ball. That's like when, when the series gets really serious, and that's like and like that's like halfway through the series, and then like it's like uh and then like the last third is when everyone's older and you see the Piccolo that we know, and then then Goku and him fighting the tournament. Yeah, but that's that's like that's like way deep into the series where Piccolo shows up and people start dying for once. <laughs> Let's talk about. Let's talk about my, or as my initial reaction says, Adam Beach and written Cassandra Kane, because. <laughs> okay, um, Jesse, do you remember in Battle of Gods, like Emperor Pilaf and his two henchmen? He had the dog and the girl. Yes. Okay, they're typically shown to be adults, except for Pilaf, who's always a shrimp. And my was she was the one that had chunks by gunpoint, and like, yes. like she, she's usually an adult, and like she's pretty silly i mean like you know they're, they're like henchmen it's like okay yes sir we'll try to get the dragon balls but like they were villains who you in dragon ball you did not take seriously because they were goofy and they were ineffect- ineffective here <laughs> she's with, she's with piccolo she has a boob window she has throwing stars a jetpack a plasma cannon <laughs> like what <laughs> can someone help me please explain this it's some kind of ability to take someone's blood and then become a copy of them. What the flying... Uh, I don't know why that happened. <laughs> I mean, what do you guys got? I got nothing. See, it's, it sounds like they just took, like, picked, they picked a name for a, a woman and just said, okay, we'll use that. They just dumped a bunch of random names. Like, All right, 18, launch, my, my. There we go. That's this, this character's name. 
It's a reference, uh, get it? That'd be, that'd be hilarious if like she was lunch. <laughs> she would just sneeze all the time. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I think it's more just a thing of trying to add something from the, you know, that because she was in that first Dragon Ball arc, so it's like they tried to add her in, but I guess she was, as she was, she wasn't good enough, so they had to add all this other stuff to make her a, a, a suitable movie villain. I mean, I, I, I mean, like, I was really surprised because, like, when I watched the movie again, I realized, like, you don't see anybody else besides Piccolo and Mai. There's no other, you know, there's no Legion, which is fine, I guess. There's no henchmen. It's just these two, it's just, like, you know, Boris and Natasha fighting the Dragon Balls. And, I mean, she's she's played by a pop star, would you believe? Um, Eriko Tamura, who at the time was 36, which isn't important. But, like, I mean... Uh, <laughs> She, and she's you know she's actually she's actually Japanese. Most of these most of these uh, characters are actually Asian, which is nice. We'll get into the race thing in a minute, but um, it was very puzzling seeing like like Mai because I knew I heard that like you know oh this character is not Mai. And I kind of like you know didn't think about it. I was like wait a minute Mai, Dragon Ball, Sakura Blue, and like I, I saw her like her first scene. Did she shoot that woman in the head? Yes, that's what I gathered. It was so dark in front of her child. Like that was so uncalled for too. They had the Dragon Ball. <laughs> don't they? Don't they show her pointing the gun and then it cuts to Piccolo? Yeah, pretty much. Wow, uh, that was, and that was crazy too. Because like they're talking in Japanese and we have we have no subtitles, which you know it's probably fine for the Japanese audience. But um, I I would have I wouldn't I would not have mind some subtitles. But yeah, what are you gonna do? But like it's it's uh, and she she was she wasn't very well acted either. Your blood will give them life. As she had like what two lines? Yes, half of them was probably ADR. Uh, and like, okay, I'm, I'm legitimately okay. I'm I'm legitimately honestly confused about this. At what point did she switch with Chi Chi? When Chi Chi shows up and like you know is like seducing Goku with the Kamehameha. I can't believe I just said that. Like like was that was that her or was that the real Chi Chi? That that was the real Chi Chi. I, I took it as uh, basically when she broke into the room and got the Dragon Balls and Bulma catches her sneaking out. That's the fake one and Chi-Chi and Goku had already split off and done their other thing from the last scene and were basically... So basically it's like... Basic, I'm trying to think how... The, the cut just shows her appearing and that's when she appears. There is Chi-Chi. Okay. I got the feeling that it was... like They were literally in the room with the, uh, the lanterns and at that point she's she's there disguised as Chi Chi. And so like yeah, go or a little bit after that. So yeah, Chi Chi's go like walking home or walk you know, leaving or whatever she's doing. And then, you know, she's sneaking out. So like it's a little like a, not far after what we're shown. So like the real Chi Chi was there when, when like she was like teaching him how to which sucks because she kissed on an how did she get there? I guess I guess it's like next door to like the, the tournament place, but like because I'm talking like she comes out of nowhere, starts talking, starts telling Goku things that she could not possibly know about. It was it, I thought well clearly like, like there's something up with this. Oh okay, she's my question mark, but like apparently that was Chi-Chi the entire time. <laughs> what was it? I mean that, that this movie was that like she just appeared in the volcano. Yeah yeah my did that yeah like she just shows up. People just show up in, in this thing out of out of nowhere. Yamcha just shows up. I got maybe that was that was a platform gaming trap. Bulma just shows up. <laughs> uh, like the whole the whole scope of the movie is just off for me. Well, I mean, yeah, there's 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 very little transition. We don't really get to know the characters besides like the tropes. I mean, I I mean, like you know, Goku. We're gonna have to get Goku in a second, but like you know, these characters are you know aren't they don't bridge outside of like 
any sort of individual personality. There's no real sense of character development or, you know, getting to know them, besides maybe Rushi. Like, when, when Bulma says to Yamcha, I have a confession to make, I'm like, confess to him? You just met him! This is your second scene together! Like, you, you didn't even talk to him beforehand! He doesn't know that you want to be rich from the Dragon Balls. You didn't tell him that! Like, why, are you, why would you even care to tell him that? I mean, and, and that scene was so forced with them, like, you know, like, nearly kissing. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> I mean, I appreciate it from a fan point of view, but it was so, like, illogical in this script. Uh, well, like, you get the idea that this whole movie takes place over, like, what, two days? Yeah, so it's one of those movies. I can't live without you, Master Roshi. Well, like, I think I think you're, you're conditioned, like, because, you know, you, you go to your movies, you see movies with characters get to know each other over two hours, and by the end of it, you just expect them all to be, like, best of friends. This movie doesn't give you that feeling. Like, they legitimately meet Yamcha. He, he's trapped them. He's trying to get money out of them. They convince him to help him. They find the volcano. They run away. They have their little kiss, almost kiss. And then uh, they spend the night together. Like, or they, they, they have the next day, and then they, they go after Piccolo. So, yeah. Yeah, like, like they're like, oh, these people don't know that the world's ending. Like, you don't seem to be bothered by it, first of all. <laughs> and secondly, it's like, like, Yamcha, who's established to be, like, you know, a ruthless bandit who only wants money, is when he just, like, you know, launch his ass into, like, you know, this apocalyptic nightmare. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't add up. Or if you, you know, like, like you mentioned earlier, like, the whole thing, like, Boma, go. I'll sacrifice myself, hopefully. It's like, you know, we're. That doesn't feel earned. Yeah, it's, well, he, we we aren't shown enough of his character to see a turn for it to have an impact. Right. I mean, this is Bulma, in my opinion. Like, you know, she's shown to be ruthless from the get-go. Like, she says she would have killed Goku. But because she knew that he didn't harm her or, you know, do wrong by her, she would have regretted it. Which I guess, like, it, that's still, that still makes her a douche. But it's at least, you know, establishing a character point, you know, her limits and her boundaries and stuff. Uh, we've, we've, been, we've been complaining a lot, Daniel. Do you have anything to add about that? Uh, no, I'm uh, pretty much in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I want to I get to uh, Goku, as played by Justin Chapman. What, what, this, what do we think about this? I think... I don't know. This was a horrible Goku. Mm, this, this wasn't really even Goku. Goku. Yeah. This is an okay Spider-Man. This is an okay... <laughs> Western character, but this has no resemblance to Goku whatsoever. Not even kind of, not even a little bit. No, like this. This is they took a few of the ideas from the Dragon Ball story and just molded them to fit the character they wanted to fit. Like, yeah, like like there's this whole subtext of you know remembering what your grandpa taught you, and it's like a coming of age and all this like tropes thrown in and. Like, I, I'll, I'll commend Justin Chatwin. Like, I think he's playing that, like, playing what they want, but I don't think that's what this movie needed. Like, and it, it seems so out of place, even with the rest of the characters, because he's he's the only character who's given even a monochrome of quote-unquote development compared to everybody else. It's so off, like, off-kilter. I just, like, I, I don't think he's a bad actor, and I think he tried to, tried to infuse it with as much as he could, of what he thought the role was, but not any of what Goku actually should have been. In fairness to him, his perception of the character was different than what it should have been. But I think it matched what the what the movie want, like what the people who wrote it wanted. Well, in, in fairness, you know, 
well, first and foremost, this, this straight up is not Goku. This isn't even kind of Goku. This isn't even a little bit like Goku. Like, this is your typical, you know, Peter Parker-ish teenager archetype that doesn't believe in himself and, you know, whines about things that he shouldn't whine about. Um, I mean, it, it, so, like, there's no resemblance to the character besides, like, you know, the clothes kind of at the end. Um, I think that it, it, it is... He, he is a larger-than-life character to play generally because Goku is an icon. And to, to kind of throw that to Justin Chatwin, <laughs> like, it's not easy to play anyway. It'll be very difficult to kind of, like, like, like express that type of, you know... He, and no, like, if he had just said, I, I feel excited, I'm, I want to I want to fight you because I feel excited, I, I like fighting, that alone would have been like, you know, eh, at least there's that, you know? But there's no vestiges in of the character. This, it's just... It's just Whenever I see his, him and, and Grandpa Gohan, it's like three ninjas, really. Oh, um, yeah. I got that vibe, too. <laughs> As an actor playing the role, it's it's not bad, but it's not Goku. That The character he's playing is not Goku. I mean, I think they try visually to, get, to make you think. Because, like, when he's going to high school, his hoodie's got the classic oh, orange yeah. and blue... And when he's they're at the city, he's sitting there eating the big thing of chicken. Mm-hmm. And uh, even you know when at the final scene, he's wearing the actual outfit he should be wearing, but for no reason. <laughs> yeah. But the visually, they're trying to make you think it's Goku, but the character's personality and his story is not Goku. When when I saw him uh, and Chi Chi kind of like you know talk to each other, I was thinking to myself, "This is this is Gohan's story, high school girl who knows he can fight and can fight too." Oh yeah. You know people people ask him, "This is freaking Gohan! It's Gohan!" Now now Gohan was not as much of a pussy as this Goku is. <laughs> you know if he, people we, we've had people rag on boots like a Gohan, but even then like you know he didn't really care what people thought. But like, uh, I, it, it, if he would have reworked the storyline, this easily could have been a Gohan story. Which you know, ostensibly, I would argue that like much of Dragon Ball Z is Gohan story. Now, in fairness, with Dragon Ball, so you know, Goku's the main character, which is which is how it absolutely should be. But they took a story, they, t- they took aspects of a storyline from the very end of the series and stapled it to a character which it does not even kind of resemble itself. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I got. I was watching. I'm like, I'm, I'm waiting for. Say a man to appear, like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that'd be awesome. <laughs> or maybe it wouldn't be. <laughs> like, that that would have worked a lot better than what we got. Like, that, like that, w- that felt like where it was going. Because, yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, it, it did feel like Gohan's story. And it felt like, just, yeah, too, too different than... It, it didn't feel like how Goku would have reacted to this story. To, like, the events happening in here. When he said, um... He says, like, you know, like... like uh, when, when Gohan says, oh, you don't want to show up in front of your friends... <laughs> What friends? People at school don't like me, and I get so angry, but I just can't fight them. I was like, "What the hell is this?" And I, I knew, I knew that he went to high school in this movie. But seeing it, 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 it I don't want to say it angry because that would be me, like you know, being over the top. But it really, really rubbed me the wrong way. Like, like this, this truly is like so anathema towards Dragon Ball. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it might be hard to portray. A hobo kid running around, you know, swimming naked and, you know, like, like being goofy and funny. But that is a story that you have to adapt if you're going to do a Dragon Ball movie. You know, it's, it's like, you know, you gotta, gotta deal with it. And it's like, 
Put him in high school. What the hell, man? Well, well, really, what what is the point of the high school bit? Like, if you if you cut that entire arc or you know story part of him going to high school and all his interactions with everybody there, if you just cut that out of the movie, it doesn't add or change anything. So, what was the point of them adding it to it anyway? That's a good point. If you if you introduce Chi Chi when they were like kind of looking for the Dragon Balls. Like he did in the original series, and he kind of just like runs in there. There's an attraction that we see her as a fighter. That would make a lot more sense, you know. If, if Goku yeah, just it's, it's never retouched on. I never actually noticed that. Uh, well, I should have because it was awful. But um, that's that's a very good point. And like, the whole like you know you ruined my bike, Fuller. What are you going to do about it, Geekku? I was uh, I, I I I'm not gonna lie. I was like you know do I have the strength to continue on? This is this is ten minutes of the movie and. <laughs> They're fucking calling them Giku! Oh my god! <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is crap! This is fucking garbage! Why does it have to why does it have to happen to me? I hate everything! <laughs> because they call him Giku. That was pretty bad. I, I cringed at that moment. I, I cringed at the the fight with the bullies at, it, it started out okay when he's, you know, doing his not actual fighting, but you know, avoiding them. That was kind of neat. But once the guy who owns the car comes in and they start smashing the car, he's like posing on top of it. That was what sliding with his hair. Roll. Yeah, that that just made me roll my eyes there. Yeah, I, I, I kind of did enjoy like him, like you know, not fighting like the like the guys. Although I don't like the idea that like these are henchmen, teenage bullies that like just like and like when when the, when the dude walked out, it's like ah, start attacking him. That's just so. Just on a pure movie level, that's just so ridiculously unrealistic. Unless he's on PCP, which in that case, <laughs> call the cops. But it's, it's completely realistic at that point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Father, stop! Why didn't Chi-Chi hit him? She could, if she could fight, what was that secret? Ah, uh, man, high and school. Like, I don't, I don't know where they got like because Goku, Goku wasn't even an adult through most of Dragon Ball, right? He was a kid. Yeah, yeah, he was a kid through like 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 two thirds of Dragon Ball, and then like the last third of Dragon Ball, he's he's like a teenager. And then in Dragon Ball Z, he's an adult. But even so, as yeah, it's like a they... teenager, he looks like a kid still. Or he looks and acts like he does as a kid. Right. So, yeah, it's like they took... They wanted to start at the beginning of Dragon Ball, but they took aspects of Dragon Ball Z. Like, they took more of the appeal of Dragon Ball. Like, hey, okay, adult Goku. Like, because a movie with a kid, starring a kid, wouldn't, you know, wouldn't sell, apparently. And I, I, I honestly do get that, because in America, Dragon Ball Z is a lot more popular... I, in 2009, I feel that they've they they already had shown all of Dragon Ball at that point. I don't remember when Dragon Ball. I, I watched it till it ended, but like I don't remember what yeah, it year. It been ended by then. Okay, it, so it been long ended by then, yeah. But I, I I mean I have to imagine like you know in America, Dragon Ball would just be couched with Dragon Ball Z, and even if people were watching, excuse me, watching episodes of Dragon Ball, they would just associate with DBZ. So while Dragon Ball is is the the literal original name. You know, I think Jesse's right. Making the character older would evoke DBZ, which it, I see the mindset from that angle, but it makes it it complicates it too much because you're trying to serve too many too, too many masters in that instance. Well, I'm surprised. I'm surprised they didn't try to incorporate more of Dragon Ball Z into it because I I just knew they would have they were going to try to go Super Saiyan or something in here. Oh. <laughs> right, because like and you know, this movie does not care about continuity, right? Like I I was right. like I was surprised they were as quote unquote faithful to the storyline as they they were because you got to think like you know you you wanting to touch on all the big things and all the 
all the noticeable aspects of the fandom from Dragon Ball. So it's like, oh yeah, Super Saiyan, let's throw that in there. And let's put all this, you know, in a blender and see what we get. Well, you, you get crap when you, when you, when you do a movie like this. It's, and, it's, and his eyes are bigger than his stomach in that instance because the, the idea that they're trying to set up a franchise and, you know, lead into the Saiyan arc in the next movie, it's very hopeful that this movie is successful. But what, is, what does this movie offer you? You know, like, like, like what, what we like about Dragon Ball as, as a franchise is that it's creative, or I don't, I don't want to speak for the two of you, but I would imagine uh, it's creative, it, it can be funny, the action is incredible, and you see... Uh, you just see things that you don't see, but they, they, like you just don't see the style in any other anime series or any other series in general. There's that like you know X factor of Dragon Ball that Battle of Gods had, where it's just like you know this is this is this is this is this this is, this is where it's where it's about what it's about. This is where it's it. So like when you f- rely on harried, hackneyed, played out, millions of years old high school stereotypes. You're just you're just thinking to yourself like this is this is the worst case scenario, dark days of future past, result of making a Dragon Ball Z movie. It is so wrong that he's in high school. <laughs> God, it's like it's it's, it's it's the same reaction I had like when that whole like um, you know the Gotham High cartoon was being rumored to be made. It's like this is so. It's like you were actively running away from the concept of the characters. You know, which, which again, like you know, as the movie went on, like you know, I was kind of, I was getting, I was grooving on Roshi a bit. I kind of liked Bulma for where she was. Yamcha wasn't completely irrecognizable. Piccolo's backstory was generally how it was. Now the execution sucked because the script is bad, the dialogue is bad, the special effects are pretty bad. <laughs> like the the fights look completely unbelievable. Like all all of I would say all of them. I mean. Was there any? What did you guys think about? Like, was there anything that you took away from the fights in terms of positivity, or kind of attached onto, like, like the, how they did the key attacks, the energy attacks, or was it all bad? I think they spent most of the budget on the CG for the the key attacks and the bad monkey. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I think the, my favorite scene of the movie is the prologue. <laughs> like, Where you see nothing. Narration, yeah, just a narration about Piccolo. I was like, all right, they they didn't mess that part up. And then we see Earth, and it's all downhill from there. <laughs> I kind of like when Goku is fighting Roshi, and like they're they're you know they're trading blows, and Roshi's very easily you know blocking them, and they get faster and faster and faster, because that is I was like that's that's Dragon Ball Z, that's Dragon Ball, that's that's really cool. You know, of course, like you know, they kind of get away from that. Every time the characters were in the, were, in the in, were in the air, could they not have like they might as well have like made the wires like you know peppermint candy colored because it was just so bloody obvious. Like when Grandpa Gohan jumps on the ropes, like you know he doesn't jump on the ropes, he's cannonballed into the air from these from these wires into, into onto the ropes. Like when Piccolo's floating, like you know, like when Roshi did the Mafu Ba and like you know James Marshall's like it's like spinning, saying blah, 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 blah. I was howling with laughter. <laughs> Yeah, the the wire work was bad in this. It was it was. I've seen. I mean, I've seen better wire work. I thought that like the wire work in um like I mean obviously Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which also had Chaiyun Fat in it, was a, I think that was supposed to be a bit more obvious. But like you know, I've seen like you know the Forbidden Kingdom and stuff. I've, I've seen maybe movies since then they've, they've done it better where like if characters are jumping. But I would say that like you know even stuff like the original Superman the movie from 1978 looked better than this. Oh, yeah. Well, it's all in the execution and how much detail you, you spend on it. And they clearly didn't. Like, I liked 
I, I like the last fight scene, the bit where for about five seconds they were legitimately like shooting beams at each other. I'm like, okay, that that's Dragon Ball. Like, that's what you expect it to be a poorly executed version of it, but you can recognize it. And then, you know, they kind of pull the Smallville flying where they they jump up in the air, but it's kind of flying, but not really. And yeah. it's like, uh, I, I give them effort for trying it, you know, for, for, for recognizing that 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 fans want to see that. But they just pulled it off so poorly. And, like, I think Wirework, I think it it's very dated if done poorly. It sticks out like a sore thumb. What were we going to say, Daniel? Oh, no, I was just going to say that as far... I, I think the fighting in general in the movie, it's... I don't know, it's a weird thing. Like, it's... They... It should be, like, the main grab of the movie is seeing these fight scenes. But I don't know if just the the directors couldn't didn't have the talent to do it if the budget wouldn't allow it but just all of the fight scenes they just seem to lack and it's very lacking in the fight choreography and the special effects and for a dragon ball movie that you know fighting should be the primary showcase it's it's it it's not giving anything and Mm-hmm. It, it like you asked earlier, what is this? You know, what is this drawing you to as a you know, or trying to bring in as a franchise or as a movie? You know, what is this trying to grab the audience with? And if you can't get the main folk, you know, the the primary aspect or draw from the original series, which is the fights, you you need to hire somebody else, or you need they needed to they needed they should have seen they needed to change something here because they obviously did not get the right answer to the the problem. Well, yeah, because, again, Stephen Chow did Kung Fu Hustle and um, Shaolin Soccer, uh, which are great movies. Um, so, like, I mean, and he, makes, he makes, like, you know, he does, he did the whole, well, the reason why I love Shaolin Soccer is Dragon Ball Z with soccer. It literally is. Like, and the action, it looks goofy, but it's, it's, it's very intentional, but it comes closer to a Dragon Ball Z fight. Because it, like, you're not, you're not thinking this sucks, you're thinking this is awesome. And I feel that, like, I feel, I'm not sure why he he didn't direct it because maybe he thought that like uh, uh, well, a, a, a lot of this a lot of this is like you know the uh, Fox's production hands like you know meddling with it. Um, I feel yeah, that like um, oh go ahead go ahead go ahead. No, I was just gonna say from what I read, I think it was like because he ori- or I think I read he originally like was gonna direct it and was go- uh, even had a hand in writing it, and then once Fox started cutting the budget and getting meddling into it, that's where he backed off and was like, I'm just gonna produce this thing. Yeah, that sounds that's something I've read too. Because like, um, like this the script itself, I know it's just been kind of like some of it was was, was um, the original screenwriter Ben Foster. Some of it was uh, uh, James Wong, the director. I feel that like James Wong and Stephen Chow, whatever similarities there are to Dragon Ball, and whatever like you know small references, like you know calling uh, Roshi Muten Roshi, which is the original Japanese name, calling Goku Son Goku once randomly, that has to be from them. Because, you know, they're Japanese. And then they know the source material. Um, like, other stuff, like, it just, I don't know, like, like, maybe the high school stuff had to be from uh, Fox, because I don't trust Fox as a company. <laughs> uh, but it just, I mean, like, like, again, like I said before, like, you know, there's nothing about Dragon Ball in this that, that really makes you like it, which is the biggest drawback I have to it. I mean, do you think that this could have done, been, how would this, could have this have been done 
I mean, we we've talked about like in, uh, like you know the idea of bringing Dragon Ball to the big screen, and I've said before that like I don't think it's possible in terms of a live action. And like you know, there are some things we like about this, but like, is this like the natural result of it, or could this have been a lot better based on what you guys have seen? Um, I I don't know. There's a lot of I think like it was just saying there with the fights. If they had well, first cut off the high school thing because that like that didn't need to be there at all. I don't know what they were thinking. But uh, other than that, like if they actually like focused on the the making making good fight scenes that weren't just trying to replicate the special effects of Dragon Ball or or more Dragon Ball Z that look of the big the big flashy fights but actually like tried to make it a good solid action movie on its own you probably could have had something here cuz as we said earlier like the cast for the most part wasn't it was a good cast and i think I, I would say even like the settings and stuff worked for being mexico they they worked in resembling the Dragon Ball world, but kind of yeah. It, it just needed to be f- fixed uh, as far as its focus and uh, on a writing script level of its focus, and then on a visual special effects level, its fighting look or you know the draw of its action scenes, and you could have had something. What do you think, Jesse? In terms of like what this could have done better, and you know. Maybe guaranteed a sequel, or how they could have not doomed this movie. I don't know if they could. I, it's uh, it's almost I almost want to say it's a lost cause, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't know because an anime or a manga is so, is so hard to get right, even even to like the native audience in it or in its native form, like as an anime, right that just mixing it up into a live action is just the same like it, it, it's adding a whole nother a whole nother level to it it's completely like changing how you approach the, the uh, how you approach the the thing itself yeah the, and i think that they they thought they had to adjust certain things that they didn't and they they i mean yeah you, you say that you know every adaptation changes things but they just they change too much Right, yeah, like something is like you know, like like for instance, cutting out Puar, cutting out the animals. Although I don't think at one at, at any instance they talk about Roshi being the turtle master. I don't think that's ever said, but like you know, that doesn't exactly impede the characters. It does, you know, kind of change them a bit, but not to a detrimental degree. But I, 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 they, they probably couldn't get with talking talking animals. But at the same time, like you know, impl- bringing in changes that didn't need to be made, essentially, like you know. High school, Sifu Norris, why is Mai there? That kind of stuff. Um, uh, what do we think about the fact that this is like, like we said, this this is based on an anime, this is based on a manga, an Asian property, a property from Japan, and the main character is a Canadian actor, and we have uh, Emmy Rossum playing uh, Bulma, which is you know a play on the word boomers, which is an underwear. Like, 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 what do we think about, like, like, terms of, like, you know, the race changing on, on those kind of characters? Um, Bulma, I didn't really mind. Okay. Uh, I mean, I guess because, well, honestly, because she's a secondary character, but then that kind of diminishes her. That's almost, that's almost like saying, oh, it doesn't matter as long as it's, you know, the secondary character, which isn't true. But, 
I don't know. I guess I guess Boma seemed because she has blue hair. She seems kind of more alien, more exotic, and less easily identifiable. Right. Okay. And Boma, you know, Boma, the name Boma itself isn't like a traditionally Japanese-sounding name. You know? no. Goku, uh, is he has very dark hair. He he seems to like it's never spelt out. Obviously, he's alien. He should he could be played by anybody. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna make him humanoid anyway, but. The general idea is that you you would imagine him as an Asian man, right? That's just kind of how you expect it to. I don't have a problem with a Canadian or like just an average white dude playing Goku as much as I, I just don't I don't see any of the characteristics of Goku in Justin Chatwin's phys- physicality at all. Like you can have a character who who pulls off looking intimidated and who looks strong and like he can fight and it can be any nationality he just doesn't he just doesn't match any of those descriptors for me at all so like the race didn't play in it was really like the ability of the actors Uh, it plays a bigger role i mean i think it does i I just i really don't know i don't know how i would feel because i i have a feeling that if they did go with a asian actor they would they would go like we you know like we were talking about joking about earlier like a jackie chan or a jet lee like they wouldn't. They wouldn't have picked like the most talented actor for the role. They would have just picked a name that sells. Okay. And I think that undermines. I think that would have undermined undermined uh, what the entire the entire population of actors who are of Asian descent. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna go with a, like a colorblind, you know, casting approach. Yeah, mm-hmm. It should go across the board, not just you know for some and not others. Like I, I have no idea how Justin Chaplin got this, like got this role as Goku. Like no clue. <laughs> he, doesn't like he, he doesn't like nothing about him screams Goku. Right. But right. at the same time, nothing. Well, you you, you kind of agree that something about the guy who plays Yamcha feels like Yamcha. <laughs> and he's and he's Asian ish. I say like, like, he's Korean, so yeah. But they like completely changed his hair color, and he has like no identifying marks about. About like he doesn't have any scars. He doesn't wear the outfit. Like, and you can't. I don't know if you can really say the characterization is that spot on. It's similar, but it's much more similar than Goku is to his counterpart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he, he he occupies the exact same role Yamcha did when he first appeared. Um, what about you, Daniel? Uh, I agree uh, that it it never really uh, had any, or I never really uh, was bothered by it because I've always kind of been of the opinion that with uh, Dragon Ball Z particularly, it's even though it is an Asian property, it's the the world is not, you know, Goku doesn't live in Japan. And right, the right. the ethnicity isn't really Japanese. It it's Japanese inspired because it's a Japanese creator, but at the same time it could be anywhere. It, it's a very generic world and like Jesse said, if you're going with that color the kind of colorblind casting of it then it should be open to any you know race or uh ethnicity or whatever uh, that fits the character uh that said again with uh goku there i i, I might have preferred an asian actor if if it was one who could probably do martial arts better in on film then i think he justin chetowit his resume probably didn't have that much on it. So, yeah, I think I think I read something. Like, you know, uh, 
platitudes about we had, we had to train so much, but I really didn't see any like you know massive Marstar style improvement. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna rag on her again. I, it, it looked like Chi Chi barely knew martial arts. She's kind of just waving her arms around. But um, um, I I agree with both you guys. Like when it comes to characters like Goku and Bulma, who are ironically the main characters, like they don't immediately evoke. Asian ethnicity. None of the characters really do. Well, some of them do. I mean, um, some of the characters do. I mean, Son Gohan is a Japanese character in how he's dressed and stuff. And in terms of the manga, uh, Chi Chi typically dresses like a Japanese, an old Japanese wife. Son Gohan is part of Gohan's character is very, very Japanese in terms of a tradition, like the scholarly character. So like, there's there's aspects of that, but like that doesn't really play into like the characters they have here. Um, do you think it would have been better if they would have stuck with like an entirely American cast? Uh, I think that, that that would imply that it's that Dragon Ball Z is an American work, which would be real like, ser- like seriously heresy. I think. I think it would too. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, do you think it would have stuck out less that Goku and Bulma are, you know, the white characters or the non-Asian characters because they're not you're not posi- juxtapositioning them with Chow Yun Fat? I would say that that would make it stick out more because I think we're saying that like Bulma and Goku don't evoke Japanese characters, but the fact that like those are the only two characters in the in the cast that really are not Asian besides James Marsters, like we, uh, ultimately none of us really have a big problem with that. If everyone was if everyone was white, that would just be bizarre. I feel like um, it kind of reminds me of like the Doctor Who movie in 1996 where like it takes place in America. And everyone there is, is American except for the Doctor, even, even though Doctor Who was a British property. It feels like it's, it's just kind of like there's a, there's a sense of misappropriation there. I, I I don't personally have a problem with uh, the casting from a racial standpoint in terms of how it played because the movie is so bad. I think that like I would I would have them I would prefer them to have to explore at least for Goku because he is he is a Japanese hero. Asian fighters and Asian martial art martial actors primarily, and not worry about you know giving some Canadian kid a shot. Um, and Bulma matters less because she is a bit more incidental. I mean Goku. I mean like I, I mean Goku is, is such a Japanese icon. It's I, while I, I don't have him needing to be Japanese on, on one sense, I think he kind of should be. It's, it's it's a little along the lines of having Henry Cavill play Superman. I don't mind it. But Superman, you know, is such an American character that it does mean more if he is American originally, and it it says I'm not sure if it says anything, but like him being played as a British character, um, there's something to be said about that. And, and I'm not I'm not hate on Henry Cavill. I don't mind that necessarily. I don't really care to be honest. What do you think? Him is would it be him playing being played as a British character or by a British actor playing an American? Yeah, he's a British actor being play, playing an American. If he Oh, you're saying like if they if they change if they change Superman to be British, is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. you had said you had said British character. Oh, whoops. <laughs> um, I was like, I don't remember him being British. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I I think well, I guess what we're saying what we're talking about here is that like, the character Goku in this is American, or or at least not Japanese by way of Justin Chatwin not being Japanese. So it's a little bit more complicated with that rather than you know Henry Cavill Superman because you can't tell because of the accent. That he fakes. So I guess like the the situation. I mean, I'm really only bring this up because that was, that was definitely a big bug people had about the movie. I personally didn't problem have a problem with it, but I acknowledge that 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 can be problematic to some people, generally. Now, do you think it it extends into 
like a Japanese actor playing? Like, would they be appeased with a Japanese actor playing Goku, or would they be appeased with American of Asian or Japanese descent playing it? It could be that. Like, 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 with, with Jamie Chung is born in, she's a second generation Korean. Um, China Fat is Chinese, but you know, definitely, you know, has earned a stroke in, in his action movies. So there's, 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 there's a, th- I think there's a theme that running along there. Like if he was, if he was played by a character who, an actor who was eth- ethnically Asian descent, but you know, grew up in America. Uh, I don't know. It, 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 this, this is kind of complicated because we're getting sort of an image thing more so than anything else. Like, and there's also, I remember, I, mean, I think the uh, greatest podcast ever, greatest movie ever podcast brought this up that, like, there's a, there's the unfortunate implicate, there's an unfortunate trend of, uh, the white guy winning the Asian chick at the end, which, which it becomes, which isn't original in the, con- in the, uh, original story, so that, it just ends up, and that, that, that and the fact that I, I personally don't think they have a lot of chemistry, um, which, but then again, like, you know, it's kind of switched with Bulma and Yamcha, it's kind of switched there, so, like, maybe it doesn't matter as much, um, I, 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 I don't know the answer to this question, to be honest, because we're dealing with Dragon Ball Z and not specific characters. And Toriyama specifically made Dragon Ball Z on Earth, but not our Earth, so it's very different. So I, I just thought that we could explore it. I, I think at the end, uh, I think we're all kind of in this in a similar mindset that it, we wish, or we wish, or we would have liked it if they had, if particularly in Goku's case, if they had tried to explore more and cast it differently but at the same time it's not a, a detriment to the movie a lot, there's a lot more detrimenting things to the movie that you know make it bad and the ethnicity isn't really one of them but at the same time we can we, we understand the complaint I agree I, I, I agree too it's, it's like it would be different if it was, this was Yu Hakusho and you had an American character playing a guy called Yusuke Yurameshi like that doesn't make sense but you know the fact that these characters are named after foods and are so goofy looking <laughs> it matters not um, yeah it's like I, I don't think that I don't imagine Toriyama went out of his way to make like a you know a specifically set Japanese character it, it was just by virtue of the fact that he is Japanese that's that's what he projected when he created these characters like Right. That's that's everybody's first instinct to uh, to write a character you identify with, or that you know, you you have to make a conscious effort to write a character of something other than your own background. And this movie, credit to the movie, it does play it in in the kind of like you know vague Earth kind of setting where like you know some stuff's Japanese and some stuff isn't. Like in the tournament, they said they 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 announced things in English and then they started announcing it in Japanese. In the school, there's Japanese kanji written there. It's, it's like San Francisco. From uh, Big Hero Six, which stars Chichi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Jamie Chung plays uh, Cassandra Kane in that movie, <laughs> or uh, Gogo, I think her name is. She looks like her. Um, so that's that's our that's our serious talk on that. Blah blah blah. Um, I just have a couple more notes left. Uh, I want to talk about like like the reaction of this by the people who matter. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I I've seen uh, Sunny Straight who plays Krillin. Uh, had only seen a few, a few people asked him at a, at, a, at a convention what they thought of the movie. He didn't he didn't see much. He says, "Are you mad because Krillin wasn't in it?" He's like, "No, I was I was mad because Goku was in high school." And he actually went he actually went into an interesting discussion about the fact that Toriyama based Dragon Ball off of the Chinese legend Journey of the West and to kind of like you know put this story into some sort of a recognizable American trope like high school truly does misappropriate the story, which we've already talked about. Um, 
Christopher Sabat said that he saw it with uh, the voice actors of Tien and Frieza and laughed at it in the theaters, which is awesome. <laughs> um, and I don't know what Sean Simmel thinks about it. I don't think he likes it either. But um, the, the one who matters most is uh, Akira Toriyama. Um, now, the Japanese are famous for, you know, being polite and being very, you know, they don't tend to be as boisterous as uh, us Americans are. You're not going to hear a Japanese Mark Wade, you know, bitch someone out online. So, uh, when this came out, I think at the time, like around the time this first came out, Toriyama was, was like, you know, his, his word, I'm paraphrasing, but his, his words were like, well, it's not exactly my story, but treat this as an alternate Dragon Ball universe exploring the different characters, and you can kind of see it in a new, in a new story that way, which is very hopeful. And, um, I, but when Battle of Gods came out in 2013, it was kind of the opinion, he's kind of saying, like, you know, this is the, you know, this is the real Dragon Ball, uh, that, that, that American live-action movie, uh, it wasn't really Dragon Ball for two reasons, it didn't really use my story, and every time I made, I made a suggestion, they would ignore it. And if you see the credits, he is listed as an executive producer, which, you know, means nothing. <laughs> but, like, that to me is telling that, like, you know, the guy was there, and I, I don't think he would lie about suggesting, well, maybe you want to do this or that, and him ignor them ignoring him, so, uh, I thought that was kind of interesting that like the creator was there saying, "Please don't do this," <laughs> and they did it. Yeah, like I have, I have a feeling that if Stan Lee walked onto one of the Marvel movie sets and made a suggestion, somebody's going to actually listen. Right. Yeah. It, it, like, like, uh, it's like uh, he is such, still such a magnetic force. Even if people would want to say, "Well, we want to do this in our script," you would at least acknowledge that that. that uh, a suggestion was made, or at least yeah, like you know, yeah, you 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 would say, okay, you know, hey, here's you you would trust that Toriyama has like he know he knows the story, and and you are adapting it. Like, granted, he doesn't have any control in it, but at least hear his opinion out, you know, not ignore it. And, and you know, he's not senile. He's not like his old Stanley. He's not like you know crazy. He's he's still he's, he's making Dragon Ball Z stories now. I mean, like I said before. Thankfully, like, you know, this wasn't the last Dragon Ball Z was in theaters because this year in American theaters in 2013 in uh, Japanese theaters, we saw the continue <laughs> surprise to everyone the continuation of the the series uh, in movie format, which is quite awesome. Um, do we anything else you guys want to bring to the table? Anything else you want to mention? Any other notes or comments or anything at all? One, uh, this is just something that kind of occurred to me when watching it. Uh, what do you guys think about the effect of or how it changes? the story that Piccolo killed Grandpa Gohan and not just an accident that randomly happened because of Goku that it's actually it that it kind of turns it into a revenge story uh, it's, it's very American <laughs> <laughs> it's so American it's so Hollywood I hate this show <laughs> going on the show um I, it, 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 it again it kind of falls into the kind of like, you know three act structure trope you can recognize where like you know uh, my grandfather's dead. Piccolo killed him, and I want to avenge him. Uh, which, yeah, it's it's not. That's not how it usually works. I mean, Piccolo killed a lot of people in the original arc. He killed he killed Master Roshi. He killed Chaozu, <laughs> and he was kind of responsible for Krillin's death. So, like, I mean, it's it's along those same lines. It's not a billion miles away from like you know how Goku was feeling towards him in the arc. But it again, and I mentioned this on a film review. It stands with the whole like you know you killed my parents kind of thing. Which kind of you know sips from Batman a bit. Yeah, it's very easy and very convenient storytelling, and it ties everything up in a nice bow. Like, 
gives your character motivation because you know you, Goku can't just be wanting to save the world to save the world. You know, like it also. I mean, like you know, again, this is kind of tricky because they were trying to do Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z at the same time. Like Dragon Ball started off so Dragon Ball was an adventure story that didn't take itself too seriously. Goku and Bulma went off to find the Dragon Balls because why the hell not? And now it's like it's like you know Bulma's like I'm trying to find revenge for my father's company, and Goku's like you know I'm trying to avenge my grandfather. It, it it makes it more serious than it needs to be. Um, in fact, you mentioned that Daniel that like there were the the, the differences the, the the big differences like you know for some reason Piccolo and Uzaro are like you know partners in crime for thousands of like for some reason a Saiyan lives thousands of years like uh, and like you know there's no tail or there's these like uh, at the eclipse which I kind of actually buy because it wouldn't make sense for this Goku to never have seen the moon at this point um, you know we mentioned the, the Dragon Ball the dragon doesn't speak bizarre change yeah that the, the dragon looked shitty <laughs> uh, he wasn't uh, Shenlong in the in series is so awesome. He there's so he, there's so much of him, and he has this big booming voice. His eyes glow, you know. I guess I guess that was hoping for too much, um, but it, it was almost like the dragon. It was like the Dragon Balls and the Dragon were an, an afterthought. I mean, they were kind of the MacGuffin, which Dragon the Dragon Balls kind of are. But I felt that like they're even less serious in this than they were in the series. Um, I'm trying to think. If there's any other you know. Uh, have we have we rightly com- lambasted the CPR Kamehameha? That was dumb. Uh, yeah, I think I I I just rolled my eyes when I saw that. I was like, why? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I I noted that too. It just I why why when when can the Kamehameha bring someone back from the dead? <laughs> the fact that Goku can like you know, uh, I, he, obviously Goku's not nowhere near as powerful as he is in the series, but which is kind of disappointing. I guess, like, you know, audiences can't take that. They need realism in this. But, um, whatever. I'm not gonna get into that. Uh... uh I don't know I don't know if we said enough bad things about the Kamehameha at the end, anyway. Yeah! I, I, I was so pumped when he did it! <laughs> and then, like, you know, Justin Chatwin flies in the air looking terrible. And... Like, he shoots the beam, but then, like, follows it? Like, with a giant, I don't know, uppercut? Well, I don't know what he was trying to do, like... Kind of reminded me of Gohan versus Cell because if you notice when Cell dies, Gohan's randomly in the air. But that's, a, that's sort of an animation thing. That's, that, that's a, that doesn't really mean anything. Whereas this one was like, there's there's a bit of an echo in how Goku killed King Piccolo in Dragon Ball because he he's on the Piccolo's crippled him. Goku's on the ground. Piccolo's about to like I don't know what he's, he's in the air. Goku fires Kamehameha on the ground. Kind of shoots himself and like torpedoes through. King Piccolo's chest, and there's a bit of an echo in how that approaches here. Obviously, they couldn't have Justin Chapman shoot through James Marshall's chest, <laughs> but um, him doing the Kamehameha that way looks so bad. I, I think I think that that's it. That they were trying to go for that scene, but one they couldn't pull it off completely because you can't you can't have him burst through the chest like that. So it ends up being just a hit, and you're. That's not what you're expecting as an audience. That's not what the story is demanding. You're wanting the Kamehameha. You're wanting the big blast to go off. And instead, they tried to go another way with it. Yeah, it's just... I, I didn't think the blast looked great anyway. I, 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 I get the idea. They're all kind of like smoke energy. They, they, they named it to airbending, which, um, had I not seen the last airbending films, this, this might be the, a lot worse than I would have thought. Because I, I was wondering if anybody else had that connection, too. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, is that like a trademark phrase, or is that just all right? I guess I've never, I've never watched 
Avatar The Last Airbender, but it's clear it's clearly along the idea like the three elements of airbending, fire, water, and air. Stop lying. <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah, it, it felt like they were trying to like, you know, cash into something that, that wasn't gonna make a lot of money in the box office anyway. Yeah, that Kamehameha was worse. Like that was on par with Jean Claude Van Damme's flash kick from Street Fighter. <laughs> you mean the repeated footage? It was that's, so bad. That's an interesting comparison. Like the '94 Street Fighter, which I genuinely like. <laughs> Even as a Street Fighter fan, it's not great, but it's it's tons of fun. And I don't hate this movie, but like that movie, I, I don't know. Like like maybe it's because that movie clearly didn't take itself as seriously. I, I enjoy it more. I don't know. It's just, uh. What else is wrong with this? <laughs> We've been at this for a while. <laughs> well, just, uh, just a Street Fighter thing that just reminded me, uh, and I don't know how you guys watch this, but I had the the original DVD, and even just starting the DVD, it started off on a bad note because the trailers were for awful, also bad movies, because they had the the Chun Li Street Fighter movie. Oh. And they had uh, Wolverine Origins. Oh. <laughs> And Pink Panther 2. I don't see that. <laughs> okay, okay, here's how you know it's bad. Wolverine Origins was the best one of those. Exactly. Uh, that, okay, this movie just went up a lot in my books. That Chun Li movie was an abortion. <laughs> that was terrible. That was. That was Me either. Chun Li's actually my favorite character in Street Fighter. Like her and Ryu. And, like, first of all, why are you. Again, with the Canadians, why are you hiring Kristen Crook as the strongest woman in the world? Alright, I'm gonna get in a rant. <laughs> I'll save you from that, but just it's it, just know that it sucks. <laughs> I had the strangest dream. I was in the place I I can't describe. I felt content, like I belonged. I was happy. Then your grandfather Gohan came up to me and kicked me out. Said, there was a lot you still needed to learn. He's right. I'm sorry, Master Roshi. We just weren't ready to have you leave us. I know. I know. That's sweet, ladies, but notice we're missing something here. The Dragon Balls are gone. We have to find them again. You ready? I just have to do one thing. Okay, uh, I think I think we've reached the end there. Unless, if you guys have anything else, please. But I don't want to. There's only so many times you can you can yell yell on a podcast. So uh, final thoughts on Dragon Ball Evolution. Let's start with Jesse. Can we get back to the good stuff now? <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we we got we got Vegito. You know, Goku and Vegito yeah. fused. That which is which is pretty uh, awesome. And uh, need, needs movie needed more Krillin. That uh, that is true. Krillin, Krillin's presence could have saved it by being owned constantly. <laughs> and crying and getting beaten up. That would, that would and if fun. Yamcha died. Yeah, well, if, like, like, would you rather have Krillin in this movie as opposed to Yamcha, or are you happy with having just Yamcha and not Krillin? I know the answer to this. <laughs> Why am I even asking? They could have killed Yamcha and put Krillin in, like halfway through the movie. <laughs> sequel bait. No, no. He, he, like, yeah, sequel bait. Instead of showing that turns out Piccolo's alive, it turns out Yamcha died. <laughs> <laughs> the person rolls over and like his Yamcha dead. <laughs> that made no sense. <laughs> what? This makes no sense. 
ultimate fan service right now. <laughs> oh my god, that was that was awesome. <laughs> or like you know, before the scene cuts, we see Pickle. You see someone walk through the door and it's curling for some reason. That's a sequel bait. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Just standing there. <laughs> <laughs> All four feet of them. Uh, did, did anyone else think that 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 little tagging thing was extremely long just to show Piccolo's alive? Yes, I, I mean like, he wasn't a threat anyway. <laughs> like he didn't do much. It's like oh no. It's like okay, it's, he sees that. It's, it's like three minutes of just this lady making the the soup when all all you needed was just her standing by the bed just to have him turn over. That's all you needed there. Did he even wake up? I would have thought that, like, uh, you know, because, like, you know, Piccolo is sort of, like, the son slash reincarnation of King Piccolo. Like, they would have shown, like, the, the ship and, like, you know, maybe, like, a clone of Piccolo who was the Piccolo from DBZ would be in there. Like, along the same ideas. Rather than, like, you know, this guy getting... I guess they were going to go with the whole Enmusa thing. Maybe. Which, uh, whatever. And, and, again, like, James Marshall says, like, the idea was, like, you know, at the very end, Piccolo was still alive and he was going to actually be a good guy. And he says, oh, and I was going to, like, you know, work out and become the Piccolo you all know and love and it would be awesome. And then it didn't happen. And I felt bad for that man because he genuinely wanted to be Piccolo. <laughs> Poor James Marsters. <laughs> what did they do to you? Yeah, so uh, I don't know why they gave the dude, like, a, a that huge bulky bodysuit. Like, like, he was a pretty fit actor when he was on Buffy, like... Yeah, what is one of the, the prosthetics? Like, I mean, they kind of, like, folded his antenna back, which kind of, meh. Oh, I didn't even notice he had antenna. There's, there's some lines that say, it looked like they glued his antenna to his scalp rather than, you know, kind of let, let it hang free, <laughs> as all of them, the Mechians do. Um, I kind of took his, his body armor, it was slightly purple, but, like, it was him having a hood and stuff. It just wasn't, it wasn't recognizably Piccolo to me. No, no, yeah, I would have loved to seen him in, like, the white turban. Fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I didn't care for the prosthetic. Uh, one of the uh, the things I did like about the movie, though, is I actually did like his his chair thing that, uh, you know, took the... I didn't care for the execution of them making the minions, but I liked that idea because I thought it was kind of a, a nice update of the whole thing of him, Piccolo, spitting out eggs to make minions. I actually kind of like the idea of cloning them from his blood better i thought that worked well i'll give you that it was it was it was a tick on the idea which was a bit more uh you know action-packed and as an uh, uh, it looked silly as all hell but as an idea it wasn't bad I, I just really hated that line your blood will give them life as how of course why else do you think he's doing that my <laughs> if your name really <laughs> is right in the scene for us you know, we <laughs> that was so stupid <laughs> your blood will give them life and she like she, she might as well just turn to the reader. Did you get it? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like you know, like he could have done that. Yamcha could have done the Wolf Fang Fist and then died. Uh, Boma. I mean, like you know, we should. I, I just mentioned like you know, in terms of things they got wrong. Boma's a lot more. Boma's a bit more greedy and self-centered, I think, because like originally she wanted. To, she said she wanted to like use the Dragon Balls for a bunch of strawberries, which was weird. But then, like, when she... I think she wanted to use them for her boyfriend, and then Yamcha wanted to get the Dragon Balls to cure his fear of girls. <laughs> and then when they met, they fell in love, and that was the end of that first arc. But, um... Yamcha doesn't seem to have any fear of girls in this movie, which would have been even more embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> um... I think... I mean, besides... Like, yeah, I, I, could, I, could, I could probably go on for another four hours, but I think that's really... Uh all that I have, and um, what would you guys... Just sum it up. Final thoughts, you guys, on uh, the movie. 
Have I already said that? You want to go first, Daniel? No. Well, uh, maybe. Uh, Daniel, you go first. Oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, just uh, one final note I had was just uh, a missed opportunity that I always notice with the movie is uh, with the the Mafu Bond thing when they give it to uh, Roshi and, you know, it's the super earned thing. Right. I, I was just kind of shake my head because of all the the attempts to try to modernize the story they missed out on the one that was actually in the manga and they didn't give him the rice cooker because <laughs> 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 when it just been hilarious Vernie Hudson just comes out hands him this rice cooker just like well this is all we had so take it that would have been awesome if he said that that would have been awesome because yeah in the, in the original story the idea is exactly the same but like he he needs to be sealed in a rice cooker specifically for some reason <laughs> <laughs> I agree. That, that, that would have been tight. But, uh, yeah, uh, just, like I said at the beginning, the movie is... It is it is bad. There, There's no denying it. Uh, at the same time, I can't hate it because I do have... You know, I enjoy watching it because it is enjoyably bad. And at the same time, there's enough little bits in there of Dragon Ball that I can recognize it and recognize the characters and it, it makes it watchable, if not enjoyable, <laughs> on some level. And yeah, that's pretty much all I can say about it. Is it's bad, but enjoyably bad. And uh, I just want to say uh, thanks to you guys for uh, let me come on here and rant about it on your uh, uh, anniversary episode. And good job on the show, and uh, good luck with the next year plus of doing it. <laughs> Oh, thank you very much for saying so. We'll, we'll uh, Thanks, man. Naval gaze in a bit. <laughs> um, what about you, Jesse? I think this was a poor attempt at uh, an adaptation by some people who wanted to cash in on it. But I think it does have some genuine talent in it who were not given uh, the right opportunity, unfortunately. Okay. What? <laughs> this is funny. This is like a Dragon Ball movie. Out of seven Dragon Balls, what would you guys give it? One. One out of, uh, one out of seven? Yes. Uh, I'd say uh, three. Just very, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, below average, but I still I can enjoy watching it. Maybe a two. I don't know, somewhere in there. Two and a half. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, okay, like, as I said before, this, again... Uh, this this is this is a this is an obviously stupid movie. <laughs> uh, even as a movie, even uh, separate from Dragon Ball, it sucks. But it is not deplorable. It's not hateful. You, you brought up Legend Chun Li before. I think that that crosses the line and makes you mad at what you're seeing. This one just delighted me in how ridiculous it was. I mean, it, this is this is actually kind of what I was hoping for and how bad it was going to be. I I did go into this wanting it to be bad because I wanted it to be funny. But and I, and I got that. But I, I'm glad that I wasn't like hating it. Um, you know, again, like like Jesse, like we'll we'll get back to Dragon Ball Z in a bit, but you know, it was a fun exercise and kind of like seeing how things go wrong. I don't know if we'll ever live to see the day where a live action DBC movie's done, hopefully. But you know, this is obviously like you know the template of what to avoid, like high school. So it's, it's always good to have cautionary tales. Um, I don't think I can say anything good about the acting or the script. The scripting is just awful. You know, the special effects suck and fighting sucks. It is so many things going up going against it, and yet I don't hate it. So that's a positive. Um, but honestly, 
there's there is a, a somewhat of a delightful charm in how messed up it is that you can't help but just you know kind of like uh, chuckle and pat it on its head for you know being so bad. So um, I would give it one out of one out of seven. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that I hurt you. I would never do that on purpose. It was just, I was in the heat of battle and I, I thought you were someone else. It's all right. I let you hit me. I was just too fast. You're fast, but I let you hit me. Well, it was dark and confusing. I wasn't holding back. Okay. If our relationship is going to go anywhere, we're going to have to settle this. That's all right. There we go. That is Dragon Ball Evolution finished, done, reviewed, and technically it's Dragon Ball purged from our minds. And technically it's Dragon Ball, so we've reviewed Dragon Ball, so we never have to do it again. Now nah, I'm playing. We might do it sometime down the line. But um, yes, that is the 2009 Dragon Ball movie annihilated. I, th I, should, I should like to think. Um, Daniel, thank you very much for joining us on this third anniversary celebration. Um, and uh, I, I hope to see you again because we have we have a lot more uh, movies to cover, and uh, we have also have to finish up this pesky boo saga which is still going on. But uh, thank and you so much for coming on. For this one. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> uh, well, kind of. <laughs> um, so yes, thank thank you very much, Daniel. Jesse, thank you very much for putting up with this hateful request of mine. Uh, did, did Deborah watch it with you? Yes. <laughs> was she mad at you? She's seen it before, but she was just like, <laughs> she was like, you know, you know, you, you could have watched it without me. I wouldn't have been okay. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you need to sit here and want to sit down with me and watch this. You guys are still together, right? Yes. <laughs> I was worried for a minute. Uh, okay. I think that that will put a pin in that. Everyone else, uh, stay tuned because uh, we shall cover the fight between Vegito and Super Gohan Boo or Boo Han in the. Uh, <laughs> and we're still in the middle of the Boo saga, kind of near the end though, um, and that should come out to you uh, in about a few weeks or so. So, for the Next Dimensions third year from 2011 to 2014 and beyond, this is DMG saying adios. Once again, thank you very much to Daniel Yarbrough for recording this wacky review with us. Um, and again, uh, the episodes that we are going to be we are going to be covering before the month of December is out uh, are episodes 269, 270, 271, and 272, Vegito versus Majin Buu. So uh, before we get out, I just want to thank everyone again for sticking with us the last three years. It's been a really, really fun time doing this show. I've really enjoyed it. It's, uh, I've really been enjoying uh, working with Jesse, getting to know you guys, reading you guys' emails, 
uh, having discussions based on those emails. It means a lot to me that at least means a lot to both me and Jesse that people from around the world have you know kind of found our sort of opinion uh, podcast and kind of wanted to join in on the fun. So uh, thank you very much, and I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and continue to enjoy our show. Uh, we love doing it, and we love doing it for you guys. So uh, yeah, I shall. We shall see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. You can find the show and leave feedback at dbznextdimension.dipson.com or write in for emails at dbznextdimension at hotmail.com. If you like what we're doing, please send us feedback at iTunes or like us on Facebook. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, and Dragon Ball Kai are all owned by Funimation, Toy Animation, Fuji TV, and Akira Toriyama. Dragon Ball is created by Akira Toriyama. One day, Dragon Balls could power the world. Don't worry. A third of zero is still zero. Done! Woo! Woo, yeah! Well, I guess she hadn't robbed us. We wouldn't be able to get this Dragon Ball. Well, everything happens for a reason, bro. Got that one from daytime TV.